friends, hello lovers, welcome to another powerful episode of the Comcast. This week's beer of the week is the Golden Drock Classic by, I'm going to fuck this up, Brewerage Van Steenberg Brewing Company. <laughs> I fucked that all up. <laughs> I don't even know what we do this. You can't even read half the shit. I, well, yeah. Uh, so this is a, because I love this beer. So Golden Drock, the classic, is a Belgian strong dark ale. And it has a whopping 10.5 ABV by volume. It has a 3.82 bottle cap rating out of 5 on untapped.com. So please drink responsibly because this is a strong beer. It is very good if you like Belgium strong ales or any type of dark strong ale. It is absolutely wonderful. Uh, the brewery has a, a huge line of other strong ales. So the Golden Drock is a unique Belgium craft beer that is without equal. A strong dark triple with secondary fermentation in the bottle. The wine yeast used for the secondary fermentation contributes to the beer's unparalleled flavor. And that's also why it's so strong. So um, we had a little bit of scheduling issues, everybody. Um, Adam Couch, unfortunately, was not able to attend uh, so fuck COVID, um, due to that, but he is fine prayers for him and his family. Um, but we have a very, very, very special surprise for you. We have somebody else. We have somebody <laughs> else. We have the Indiana big Lebowski, Mr. Jake Rubel. No, you don't know what was going to happen because the first time we had Sam Bob on, he didn't press record, and as soon as we sat down, he went right in. But the thing is, you didn't fucking tell me. Yeah, we were just. You didn't tell out. me. It was well. You also didn't tell me. I didn't know Sam Bob was like that. Right. We he were just also, he sits down and he just fucking yeah. goes into. We were it. also just starting out, and as soon as we sit down, Sam Bob sits in the chair, looks up, and he goes. So this is the first time. Uh, so this is what happened to me the first time I ever sucked dick. Just. Yeah, it goes into Straight some crazy up. stories. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, okay. not, don't worry. You don't have to worry about that. I will be honest. I've met you a few times. Uh, this is the first time I'm meeting you. Yeah. And sitting here in between you two right. is freaking me out. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, if, if anybody, if you listen to the podcast, it takes a while to before you know which yeah, i was just know. thinking that i was like doing a podcast and you guys sound exactly yeah. alike I, is, I can tell the difference but well obviously yeah, yeah. I would hope so. <laughs> no no there's been many people that, that would be really awkward if you couldn't and you're just like what i just said yeah. yeah there's multiple people that are like i don't know which one's talking yeah i think i think our octaves are just like uh slightly different other than that it's the same yeah i don't know usually you talk louder and i'm more quiet but I can see, I can already see that. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's more amped up and hyper and sociable, and I'm kind of down low. And yeah, we, his fucking, his cool. room, his room's behind you in the closet. Like, that's where we, we got where he That's not my fucking room. <laughs> that's only me. I'm just glad you got this space cleared up because it was sticking about, well, where this table was. Yeah. We're full of junk. It. We're working it out. Yeah. Good. It yeah. seems good. I like it. Yeah. I'm I'm glad. Glad. Thank I you. like it. It's Thank nice. It's, yeah. it's, it's taken a year. 
over a year to get to like you know developing everything yeah. a little bit at a time. We keep moving spare bedroom to spare bedroom. Right. Right. Yeah, we moved two at my house, and then we moved it up here so we could get better guests. And our uh, our podcast is like our podcast is like every comedian's life, like one to you want year one to year like seven, like you're just couch surfing, but you know it's just. Room to hey, room. we're getting better. We were, you yeah. know, in a house, you know, an old farmhouse, you know, at you know my house, and then now we're on the second floor in Bloomington. So yeah, we're we are moving, moving on up, up. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, literally, literally. That's awesome. Yeah, so, shit. How long have you guys been doing the podcast for? I've listened to a few of them. Is so. uh, it April? April? April was a year. twenty something. Oh, yeah, nice. How many episodes do you guys have so far? Seventy five. This, this, this will be seventy four. Seventy four. Cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. one every week, and now we just decided we're going to do two every week. So, you okay. are the first of the second every week. Well, he's uh, technically our first guest. Yeah, first since guest. Since fucking COVID, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I don't know. Who was our last one? Adam? And that was in... Our last one was Cheyenne. Well, I wouldn't count her because she lives right. here. Yeah, I think our last one was Adam, and that was way... Is that like, whenever he was talking about the festival? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I listened to that way, one. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. That was in the. That was probably in the like early, like late fall or something like that. I don't remember. But no, I, it was beginning of the year, wasn't it? I'm not sure. I don't. I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. Well, he had a fantasy football league, so yeah, that's why. That's why he came over. Yeah, and he was late to his fantasy football league, and it's acceptable. that's all right. It's acceptable. It was acceptable, right? So, welcome everybody to another wonderful episode of the Comcast. Uh, I am your co-host. I'm not your host. I'm sorry. I took Shut up, bitch. You're taking my job. I took What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Comcast. I am Ryan, your fucking host on this magic carpet ride. And joining me, as always, is Cody. I am your parrot on this magic carpet ride. Yeah, you're on my shoulder. Welcome. My and little fat chip. Joining us today. Too. Joining us today. We tricked you. It's not Adam Couch because he may or may not have COVID right now. Yeah. So welcome true. to Big Lebowski of Indiana. Jake Rubel. <laughs> I'll be the genie on this carpet. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome, Jake Rule. How's it going, man? It's been a minute since I've seen you. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, It's going good, man. Things are really good. uh, Adam might have COVID. Uh, I uh, I think his fiance's son. Oh, so it's one of those deals. Yeah, it's one of those deals. So it was the same same house. Was I supposed to let you guys know if I had it? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, you think COVID could live in this body? (laughs) <laughs> I don't, I don't think no, so. no. I mean, as soon as you put on the Grateful Bear tie dye t-shirt, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> just all back, just like I don't, I don't, I don't want anything with this guy. Yeah. I don't even know what this guy's about. Like, I can't even get in because of his beard slash hair combo. Like, right. I don't know. They're saying that if you have a beard, it's worse, and they're like, you should probably shave your your head and your beard. And I was like, I, I'm going out, boys. Yeah. You know, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. See, they said it was good, and then they said it was bad. Like, it can get trapped in the hair and stay there longer. And then people said it was like a natural filter. So, no, that doesn't make sense. The person who said that it's a natural filter is a guy with a beard who doesn't want to get rid of it. Exactly. 100%. (laughs) Those are the same guys that say, oh, well, I keep it in the summertime because it acts like an air conditioner. You know, the wind gets trapped. I've heard guys say that. And I'm like, no, it's inconvenient most of the time, but I have a stupid chin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If I, uh, I have threatened to, because sometimes I let, I let this girl out and then I look like shit. And I threatened to shave Still it off. Like shit. Yeah, I threatened to shave it off, and Cheyenne just forces me. My girlfriend just forces me to keep it, or else she she might leave me. She yeah, might, well, yeah. you know, she yeah. ain't gonna leave you because of your facial hair. She might. 
I think she might. She like might. She might, other she might like Leo, like me a lot less. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Will you leave her if she shapes her facial hair? No. <laughs> no, man. I don't judge like that. Yeah. Well, we just had um, going back to the COVID. We had what two people? One was his girlfriend. His girlfriend had it, and then he was freaking out and didn't know what to do. And so he left, and a guy works with him every day, so he left too. So I guess they both got tested, and I ain't talked to him. So who the fuck knows? They come in and had some big cleaning thing going on. No idea, man. I've I've been out for two weeks uh, from work uh, just because of the person-to-person with people I work with. That's the only time I've been out. Uh, and then these other two ladies that I work with, they've been out three separate times for the two weeks, a t- total of six weeks, but not know. for COVID, just because they could. Just because no, it's just because it's the who got it that was working or close oh, to yeah. them. So I mean, they've been out three separate times. So total I've been of six out. Weeks. Uh, I've been out since October of last year, but yeah. we could, we don't have to blame it on COVID. I just I'm just <laughs> <unemployed>. <laughs> Oh man, oh that's funny. So glad to have you. Yeah, um, thanks for having me, man. It's cool. What's what's Good been going on? What's been going on in the life of Jake? Uh, luckily shows have been happening, which has been good. Right. Uh, everything was kind of shut down for a while. I had about, like everybody else, like three months or whatever. Where yeah. I wasn't doing anything, which was actually kind of cool too, because I really did <laughs> quit my job in October. Yeah. Uh, started driving Uber and then that way I could just kind of go full blown into comedy, which was working. Right. I, I had some shows lined up in a couple different states, talked to some different people and was about to start traveling and then this happened. So kind of set back a little bit and you would think I'd have got a lot of writing done, but <laughs> no, like half right. the stuff I write, I write on stage anyways. Like I, I yeah. just have an idea and go up with it. So haven't really been writing at all. Um, just started a farm, me and my kids. We were just like, oh, we're, right, we're all man. home. Like if we're right. all here, let's just figure it out. So we built, you know, uh, I had a chicken coop that I built a few years ago that we started to do like a little bit of a farm and then. You know, whenever my wife went into nursing school and I was working so much, we couldn't do it. So, kept that chicken coop, built it up some, put a chicken run around it, uh, started with like 12 chickens and now I got 26. Damn. Uh, <laughs> built some rabbit hutches. I got three rabbits now. Did a big garden. So, you know, planning on next year, having some pigs and just like regular old petting zoo. I mean, I look like the kind of guy that should be doing that anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> just look, like, yeah. I, yeah. You look like one of those people that just hates on mainstream farms. It's like, our shit's self-sustained. It's better. <laughs> we, we feed our chickens. We feed our chickens. And it just makes the eggs just taste so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, my thing is, if, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, our My biggest thing was is that whenever everything happened, my wife, I didn't leave the house. I didn't mean my kids didn't leave the house at all for right. like three or four weeks at all. I didn't right. leave the house. Yeah. But I got, you know, 10 acres. Yeah. So for me, like to not leave, I'm like, whatever I got. And I have trails yeah. that cut through my woods and stuff. Like it's a park. So I'm like, huh. whatever, you know, right, I'll right. be quarantined. I don't care. <laughs> so my wife was, whenever she get off work, she would swing by the grocery store and try to pick stuff up. And it was barren. Right. Like, I mean, Instantly, like as soon as everything happened, she's going to Kroger and there's nothing on the shelves. Right. So then she just grabbed what she can. So then it was just like just food that none of us really care to eat. But it was like 
she would go to uh, Babs and Spencer. She would go to Walmart. She'd go to all these places. No meats. People were just right. buying all the meat. Yeah. So I was just like, man, I'm not going to, you know, this is eye-opening for me, I guess you could say. Like, I'm not going to be one of those people that freak out about it, but I'm just like, oh, well, if I rely on somebody else to get my family food all the time, something could happen to where all of a sudden now we don't have any food. Right. Exactly. And I'm not little, you know, I like to eat. Right, <laughs> so right. I was like, yeah. well, we got to figure this thing out. So just my, all my families, you know, both sides of my family, they farm. So, right. you know, I grew up around it and I was like, whoa, let's just do this. So started small a few years ago, we did it and we didn't start small. It was like people knew that we were wanting to farm and they're like, Hey, here's two goats. And I was like, okay. So then we didn't have, and I had no place to put them. So then I have to like build a fence real quick and try to get a house for him. And then they're getting out all the time. And then I was over hanging out with my uncle one day and he's like, Hey, I hear you're starting to farm. Here's a pig. And just like, gave me this baby pig. And you're not, not going to take a pig. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so then I got to build a fence for the pig and she keeps getting out. And then the goats, you know, started having babies. And, and like, if you're like, oh, this guy sounds like, you know, he's a man, like he's manly, he's doing farm right. stuff. I got to name my goats and I named him Corey and Topanga. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. You're like, okay, well, that's fine. Cause we grew up watching Boy Meets World. Right. Not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Well, then our goats had babies and those babies was a boy and a girl. And I named those babies Riley and Augie. Which was the real life kids' names yeah. on Girl Meets World, ah. which was on years later. Whenever I shouldn't have been still watching Disney <laughs> Channel, so hey, we thought it was yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, so we had like goats, and then you know the chickens, and then we had some rabbits, and then we were not prepared. Like we didn't research anything. Right. Our the fences weren't good. So needless to say, within a year, everything was dead. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Everything's dying. Like, <laughs> I'm going outside and checking on stuff, and I'm like, "We lost another chicken. I don't know what happened." We just go, "All right, all right, honey. I'll take a number." So, needless to say, everything was fucking dead. It's, it's like, is it, it's it to a certain point? Is it like, should we stop building separate graves and just make one mass one? Let's just make one massive grave. Let's I mean, I got, I got ten acres. I'm dragging the pig out in the middle of the woods, and I'm like feeding the wilderness. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and that was the thing is we didn't know what was going on. It was just like the pig just got sick. I called a farmer buddy of mine. I was like, dude, I don't know what's happening. He brought over some medicine. Maybe. I don't know what it was. I was just like, I, I don't know. You know, let's figure this thing out. None of, none of the animals made it. Whenever we figured out that something's going on with them, we got rid of the goats. We gave the goats away to somebody and was just like, dude, I don't want to kill any more animals. You figure this thing out. Right. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're still doing all right. But, uh. Yeah, it was weird. So then we just didn't worry about it. But then once everything happened, I'm like, well, now I got time. Right. So, like, I built everything first. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. That's, it turns out that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it. get a shelter first. It's, it's, yeah, Let's I mean, me know it. Yeah. Build this ark before the animals <laughs> yeah. come. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to live and learn, right? That's you true. Mean, yeah. God didn't just throw a bunch of animals right. at no one. It's, it's a good like, thing they weren't yeah, kids. You better so figure this out. It's a good thing they weren't kids. Good thing we didn't decide to open the daycare and let all the kids <laughs> yeah. die. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what they used to do, you know, back in 
the, the good old days, you know. Just, yeah, let's just, you just put yeah. a little fence out there yeah. and put put like one of those little hamster waters. Yeah. It'll be all right. Yeah. Be they could, they got a stick and they got rocks. <laughs> you know, they could pick on each other yeah. and play around. But I, you know, things are going way better this time. I've not lost any animals. In fact, uh, they're growing. We had three chickens hatched the other like a couple weeks ago, which was crazy because I was like, oh, you crazy. can actually just because I just left them alone. Everybody's just like you got to get an incubator and you got yeah. you got to separate them and everything. And I'm like, look, I feel like these if these chickens were just out doing their thing, ain't no incubators out in the right. Out in the no, I like, so I was like, well, they'll figure it out or they won't. You know, whatever. I've lost animals before. <laughs> <laughs> no big fucking deal. No, no yeah. stranger to that. Yeah, so they don't hatch. We'll eat them. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's up? So we had three little chickens. Uh, I love my kids. Name the chickens. So. I got three kids, three chickens, so they named them Fluffy, Fluffy Bum, and Jim Halpert. <laughs> so uh, my daughter named one of them Jim Halpert, so she's cool. So you actually didn't need any of that stuff then, right? No, I didn't. No, I just really? let up. Yeah, and they're still, like, my thing is I I try to be, like, as hands-off as possible with right. everything. Let I'm it like, happen. Let's, let's just figure it out. Now, you can't really be like that with rabbits, though. Right. You could, like, if I built, like, a, there's, like, I think it's called like a rabbit commune or something like that, where you literally just fence in an area, put the rabbits in there, and you're just like, do whatever. Right. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Maybe eventually. I don't know. But right now, I just have rabbit hutches. Males, you know, in one. Females are over in separate ones. Because if you leave them all together, they're just going to fight eventually. Yeah. Rabbit commune. Fucking fight. Ra- rabbit commune sounds like a pretty, like, Ridiculously, it sounds like a white, like, like a cult. ridiculously small cult. It's the whitest yeah. cult of all. Yeah, I was actually. When the bunny commune? That reminds me, we were driving uh, out in the country somewhere, just took a back road, and there's just this tiny church, just a tiny model of a church, about ten feet tall. But the and the steeple goes up to ten feet, but the base is only three feet tall, and the door is like as tall as this beer bottle. And I was like, that's like a perfect church. So it's like the like, movie Hot Fuzz? It's like a squirrel church. It's, it's like it's that big. Oh, you remember the movie Hot Fuzz? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's just like a little tiny town outside the big town. Yeah. 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 That's crazy, man. If you if you figure out who built that little church, they probably sell guns. No. It's like, yeah, they probably. They, probably. probably. It's yeah. actually just a meeting spot. It was like, hey, we're going to meet the little church. Yeah. Right. We meet the little church. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. just standing there and you like you see the door swing open and just like a little right. guy walk out. I was like, what's up? <laughs> What yeah. y'all need? My girlfriend, Cheyenne, she's from uh, Owen County, and they grew up on... Oh, like, for real? That's where yeah, I'm like, from. Yeah, like having animals, and all of a sudden, she was talking to me. I was like, I want some goats. She's like, I'm not fucking with no goats. <laughs> Her, yeah, she, just, she doesn't fuck with goats. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll probably get some again. I'm going to get different ones, yeah. though. But they, just, they take a lot of... If you have the time, they're great. Yeah. But I got all kinds of time, you know. <laughs> she she's talking to me, you know, sheep don't have a will to live to get their head caught in the fence, they'll just sit there and just fucking die. Well, that's actually how the female died, is because if you want like an area cleaned, you just you have like tie outs and you just put them out on the tie right, like, right. in that area and then you just keep going out and moving them. So I was cleaning out this area where I was gonna put up a fence and I was like, Well, I'll just tie them out there and we'll do that. So they ha- have separate leads. So we leave one day, we come back home, and she's dead because the dude's lead got wrapped around her neck, 
And just, just and he just just, just, fucking, just murdered her and just really. stood there. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, I'm gonna choke her out real quick. Yeah, yeah. it's just right. like I'm gonna acutely just murder yeah. your ass. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, so like we were like, well, that so she's dead. So then and then he got bloat and died. So then we just had the two babies, and I was like, mm, let's just let's just yeah. you know. That's called woolly. These are the weakest ones that they haven't died. That's called yeah. that's, that's that's called woolly karma. Like your Jake's house is like your house is like animal farm in real life. Like, yeah, that's like your house. It's luckily it's better now, you know. Because like, <laughs> I was I was nervous. I was like, I don't know, man. We've tried this before and it didn't really work. But it's been going good for a few months now. I mean, I think I don't know. Whenever since February, you know, is whenever I kind of started everything. I think late February. So it's it's been going way better. Uh, that's pretty much. I mean, mostly what I've been doing. What I, you know, and then well, that's just take taking a lot of your time. Well, yeah, so. just taking care of the kids and and uh, you know farming, trying to farm, trying to start a farm, and then everything slowly started opening back up. So like, right, started getting phone calls again and, and emails about you know going and doing different shows. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's really all I do. Is How long did you drive Uber for? That. Uh, about a year. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been waiting to get an Uber driver on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any any stories any that you stories. can tell? I mean, yeah, I got a few. <coughs> I got COVID. Uh, <laughs> I got. That's the worst thing about having allergies right now, too. Right, mm-hmm. you can't cough. No, oh my no, God. but if no. you look like me and you're in public and you cough, they're just like, no, we get it. He's just. I went to work one day and I was just couldn't. I couldn't breathe out of my nose. Right, and it was like. What's going on with you? Are you okay? I like it's, it's allergies. I was like, bro, it's April. That's, yeah. that's how it is everywhere. And this year's been the worst year yeah. for allergies, like pollen and everything. Yeah. It's right. been so bad. So it's just been rough. But no, I got actually like yeah, I, I half my set is Uber stories. Really? So I'm not gonna get into any of those because I got shows coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I got one that I don't talk about on stage that I'll tell you guys that was pretty funny to me. I go pick somebody up at this bar. And, uh, it's, you know, it's a girl's name, like Brittany or something like that. And this dude jumps in. So I try to make like a joke and I'm just like, Oh, Brittany, you look a little bit different than I thought you would. Ha ha ha. Uh, because it's like one o'clock in the morning you right. know what I mean? and he's obviously drunk and I'm trying to like, be like, you're not Brittany. Get out. <laughs> he's just like, so he starts laughing. He's just like, Oh, that's a good one, man. He's like, Brittany's actually on her way. I'm, you know, whatever white guy name. For the boyfriend. Chad. Chad. Yeah. Fucking I mean, Chad. Yeah. So, so she comes out. They get in. So me and him was kind of cutting up while we're waiting, right? We're joking around about stuff. She gets in the car, and I go to pull away, and I'm like, so, you know, how's your guys' night? No response. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm just a help. Don't talk to me. Uh, so we're driving away. <laughs> and then I look in the mirror, and they're just, like, going at it in the back seat. Oh, shit. Right? I mean, <laughs> hardcore just going at it. And I'm like, oh, this is going to get real weird. So uh, I'm listening to Pete Holmes' podcast. And nothing turns you on more than listening to a couple of comedians. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, so then I'm just like, this, it, so it's weird. And I'm not, like, going to shut it off because, you know, I'm listening no. to the podcast. So they're making out, and then it gets, like, super quiet. Like the, in the podcast, it gets like real quiet, and uh, I hear a zipper, 
<laughs> now here's the thing it's like it's not like I have a separate vehicle for Uber like this is where right. I take my kids to school yeah. exactly. in like five hours I'm dropping it's my like, kids we're not fucking rich I, yeah, like, I have my own farm yeah like, no, no, exactly no, no, yeah. and everything yeah. died the first everything time everything died so, I need this money yeah I'm not fucking <laughs> need this money over here. I need this car yeah. uh, I can't afford those fancy liners <laughs> in the back when they're not back here the fucking car seats are okay <laughs> exactly so like so I hear the zipper and then she goes uh, no, hold on, we can't. And I go, she's right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so then it, then it got real awkward. Because then they're like, oh yeah, someone else is in here. <laughs> no shit. So then he like leans up and starts asking me questions about the podcast. And it was just like, that was, uh, you know, averted that. Because I'm like, don't make stains back there. You know what I mean? Like, my kid drops a french fry and he's going to pick it up off the seat and eat it. I, you know, that's not the sauce that he needs. Right. <laughs> Let's 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 be respectful. Here. Didn't give me a tip, so that was that's tip your Uber drivers, you know. Yeah, no shit. We right always now. do. Always. It's insane the amount of people that don't tip. It's crazy. Like if I get a college kid, I know they're not tipping. Oh yeah. They're not gonna tip. No. They never do. And I've even like I'll tell them like whenever they get in. Uh, uh, they're like, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to be real good whenever we're at the end of this ride and I give you a good ride and you give me a tip. <laughs> and they're just like, what? And I'm like, so then like we just talk about it or I'll make a joke about it. Or it says on my profile on Uber, it says that I'm a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And I did that on purpose because that way people are like, oh, I see you're a comedian. Can you tell us a joke? And I'm like, I'll make you a deal. I'll tell you a joke. If you laugh, pay me. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, for sure. They always laugh. And rarely pay me. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, that's messed up. Come on. I'm right. like, you know, I it's, just. It's so weird how <laughs> when we were in college, I spent money like crazy. I didn't yeah. care. You know, it, if you want something, you're going to fucking get it. It doesn't right. matter how much it costs. Well, hell, we got that refunds. We were just like cash yeah, money. Below all that shit. So as long as you can pay rent and buy groceries and beer, it didn't matter. Yeah. But so I've never seen. It's It's different. It's different when you see other college students now. They literally they look at the receipt. They make sure everything's in order. They here's here's your fifteen percent minimum. Right, tip. which I think to a certain extent is right. good. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. it's like they're at least showing some responsibility. But at the same time, they need to have a little bit of respect for exactly. You know that, that if I don't give you a good ride, I get it. But like my Jeep was always super clean. I I'd let you play whatever music you wanted. You know, I'd have a good conversation. If you wanted to talk, we'd talk. If not, we wouldn't, you know? Right. So th- that was just my thing that uh, would get on my nerves. But so- if I pick up, uh, you know, townies, I'm always getting a good tip. Yeah, right. You know, there was times I'd pick somebody up and they'd give me like a $20 tip. And I'm just like, nice. Thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I deserve that. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I didn't even so, have to work for it. Right. Yeah. There was another time that I picked somebody's parents up. It was parents weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And I get, my favorite place to pick people up is Night Moves. Oh shit! <laughs> and it's because it's nine times out of ten, it's an old dude who's so embarrassed right. that you're picking him up. Uh, it's it's just and they're usually from out of town. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, and they want picked up at the the place next door. Oh, the Meineke? <coughs> no, it's, they moved it now, so now it's the Elks Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still, at least it was, it was still saying the dry cleaners that used to be there. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they've changed it. So then you ah. get, if you get a ride pickup at a dry cleaners, it's like, oh, we're going to go, which is kind of ironic if you think. Yeah. Strip club, dry cleaners. <laughs> right. Had to wash but, the <laughs> but, 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 but,
it said nine moves. I go to pick them up, and this lady gets in, right? And she's probably, I don't know, uh, 50, something like that. Yeah. So she gets in, and then her husband gets in. And I'm like, well, I didn't expect that. You know, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. It's, you guys are out hanging out on the weekend. So she leans in, and obviously I'm wearing a Grateful Dead shirt. So she leans over the seat to me, and she's just like, oh, you love the Grateful Dead? I love the Grateful Dead. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a pretty big fan. So then she starts rubbing my chest, right? <laughs> and her husband's just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, okay. Mm, this is getting weird. <laughs> starts rubbing my chest, and she's just like, uh, what's your favorite song? She's asking all these questions. And uh, then she's like, so where are we going? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? You know, where the address you punch in. She goes, no, let's go have a good time. You look like you have a good time. You want to have a good time tonight? I feel like you want to have a good time. Jesus. And I'm like, I just want to take you where this address is. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we just never talk about this again. Right. <laughs> so she keeps on about it. And she's just like, I, you know, I like to have a good time. And, and I can just tell that you do. And she's like leaning in, like talking real close to my face and stuff. And, uh. I'm like, well, the Bluebird is up here. They got live band. It's a good band. Because now I'm like, get out. You know what I mean? Just get out. So I talk him into going to the Bluebird. So we pull up to the Bluebird. Husband gets out and posts up next to the Jeep like he's expecting her to not get right out. Right. You know what I mean? So like, whenever I seen that, I was like, dude, they do this. Like, this isn't the first thing. (laughs) So then she's like... uh, my my husband thinks I get a little bit crazy, but you like that I'm crazy, don't you, Jay? <laughs> She's like, you like that I'm crazy, and I'm like, I have a good night, you know. I thank you for thank you for flying Jake Uber. But, you know, I'm like, I don't just know. be glad you didn't die. Yeah, right? I'm just like, oh my gosh. So then uh, she's like, well, if you want, you just come back to the hotel, and I was just like, hey, I got another pickup, I gotta go. Because what it, I think what it was is that her and her husband like to go out swinging. Yeah, I think so. Probably. She said she was there for parents' weekend for like her. Who knows? You right. know what I mean? But I was just like, well, I don't. That's not the tip I'm looking for. Yeah, no you know? shit. Like that's, that's well, different. well, Billy's gonna be a lawyer, and we gotta pay his right. Yeah, tuition so somehow. Like, uh, She's looking for the tip of his dick. All I right. was just like, this is this is, uh, this is something. So. Yeah. No, the thing is, though, is I actually really enjoy driving Uber because it's, I mean, I just, I drive around, right? listen to good music, I've met some pretty cool people, uh, and those other people, uh, <laughs> but I, I, it's given me a lot of stories for stand-up, too. Yeah, like, right. Okay. I've got a, I've got a story about a girl calling me, asking if I'm a creeper and stuff that's, like, become one of my best bits on stage, right. you know? Like, whenever right. I do it, people... Love it. You know, I do this whole voice for and everything. And yeah, I've, I've, had, I've heard that bit. Are you a good. creeper? It's and it's like, like, no, I'm just a hippie. It's you know, I've had people different. come up to me afterwards <laughs> and they're like, you know, do you have t-shirts that say creeper on it and stuff? And I'm like, I don't have t-shirts at all. You want this one? I mean, I don't know what This is one of five. All right. I'm not giving you this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't been doing comedy long enough to have t-shirts. That's hilarious. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I I was a delivery driver for a pizza place because uh, we're from Bedford. So it was a place in Bedford and uh, called Marco's. And my first day, we went to a bonfire later that night. And I talked for an hour straight. Just the craziest shit that happened. I uh, the first, My very first delivery, I, had, I it was just summer job. So I was just trying to get ready to go to college. And my very first delivery... I forget this guy's two liter. Mm. So I fucked up initially. All right. 
No big deal. <clears throat> Ten minutes. I'll be right back. You thought I shot his dog. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I walk yeah. up to the house. He's like, where's my two liter of Pepsi? I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll run back and get it. I'll be right back. And well, I brought the pizza with me. I was like, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave this here because your order's not complete. I'll just bring it right back. I got, you know, a heated bag and everything. So I come back. I was like, here's your two liter. And I got the pizza bag in my hand. And he goes, where's my pizza? I was like, it's in, in my, in my bag. <laughs> and I opened it up. I was like, there you go. You can grab it. And he's just staring at me. I was like, and he closes the door. And I was like, you gotta, you gotta, you paid card. Like, you gotta sign the receipt. And, he he signs the receipt and just no tip. Mm. And I walk. Well, away. Yeah, you forgot his fucking Pepsi. All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. I forgot <laughs> two liter of Pepsi. I will say. I mean, you did forget it. <laughs> yeah. You know? you did so forget. I'm not saying that you he fucked up. But yeah, like, I did forget. You, at that point, do you deserve the tip? Yeah, I did forget <laughs> it. I did forget it. So did you was... give him his pizza first, or you just kept it? I kept the pizza because if that's I... a no no. Yeah, see, I would have left. Yeah. You would have. You should have gave it to him. It was like, my first. Shit, delivery. I'll be back. It was my first delivery. It was your first. Like, you ever heard of fucking customer service, motherfucker? <laughs> it's it's. It was a ten dollar. You'd be like, yeah, here's your service. pizza. I'll be back. I'll bring you a free cheesy he's bread lucky, and your pizza. He's lucky I didn't eat a slice. <laughs> there is no customer service when it comes to pizza delivery. There, there should be. No, I used to deliver pizza and. Uh, the manager of the place also was there's only me and the manager were the only two delivery drivers, uh, which is the worst situation to be in right. because he knows what ones he's going to make the tips on. Yeah. So he chooses those. He's going to give you the ones that he knows is a creepy old dude and his yeah. whitey tidies. Right. And that's a hundred percent what he did. It was like one of my first runs. I go out and some old dude answers the door <laughs> and it's whitey tidies. And he, and he like bit over in front of me <laughs> on purpose and stuff. And I was just like, uh, and then I get back and the manager's just like, how'd that run go? And I was like, you've had that dude before, right? And he goes, yeah. He goes, that's why I give it to you. That's crazy. And I'm like, guess what? I quit. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not going to work here. That's the way crazy. You got a story like that too, don't you? Yeah. I went to, I went on one and I mean, Google maps is pretty fucking accurate. Mm-hmm. And I pull up to this house and I know the area. Yeah, pull it to this house. I was like, <clears throat> address is on the mailbox. This has got to be it. I'm looking at the house. I'm like, there are garbage bags over the windows. It doesn't look like anybody has ever like lived there in, in years. Mm-hmm. And the grass isn't cut. So I was like, ah, I'll go around the block. So I went around the block. And I was like, this is it. Like, this has got to be the address. So I'm looking around. I'm getting ready to call my manager. And tell him, it was like, this house looks like it's condemned. I don't know who the fuck lives here. And as soon as I look up from my phone, I turn my head just to look one more time at the address. And this dude's just sitting with his head poked out. And he's waving at me. I was like, sure, sure, somebody lives there. So I walk up. He opens the door. And I was like, oh, sorry. I, sorry, I'm late. I, I, I was just trying to find the address. And I hand, it, hand him his pizza. And he's like, you ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, <laughs> he's fucking cooking meth yeah, with watching dude. the marathon Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Yeah. And I go, dude, if you didn't hang out with that guy, you got issues. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the dude, story. No, nah, this is like, this dude looks like he's the one that took Warren's You ever watched Pirates of the Caribbean? Do you do drugs? Because I'm coming in. <laughs> no, no, I, I, uh, his, his living room, I mean, obviously he had black trash bags over his window, so living room's completely dark, and all you see is just that TV screen uh, next to a 
uh, a black leather couch and God forbid if you turn the lights on, I don't want to see what else is in that room. See, now here's here's the thing with who you were back then and who you are now. Now, would you go in? Fuck no. Oh, really? Because I would because I need more stand-up material. <laughs> I, would be like, I would be like, dude, I have seen it and I love it. Let's go yeah. watch it together right now. <laughs> uh, see, after that I said... I said, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. I like them. They're good. I was like, I like Johnny Depp as an actor. And he's like, Johnny Depp's in that movie? (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Depp, you're talking about fuckable. (laughs) And he goes, you know that? You know that? That that girl on there? I was like, the girl. Oh, God. He's like, the main girl actor. And I was like. Orlando Bloom? Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like. She's good looking, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, she's pretty like good looking. clarification. She's pretty good looking. He's like, you know what? I just can't get past her flat chest. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Listen, but boobs, if you, boobs are great. Yeah. If you want porn, just watch porn. You don't have to watch fucking porn. Yeah, and I was like, boobs are great. And he tipped me $4 on like a $20 order and I just... Packed up and left, and I had never had another delivery. But see, the thing ever. is, you just got a piece of a story. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You got a piece of a story. There's more to it. <coughs> you, if you just, I probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, You'd be I'd fine. Be, he would have flushed me down his fucking uh, garbage disposal. No, if, if, if he could afford it. It'd been you, him, and the roaches. The fucking all night movie night. No, I, I, I don't know about that. He probably I, got free pizza out of no. it, maybe hand job. No, he would have butchered me in his bathroom. I don't think so. You've been okay. Nah, no. You got to live with a certain amount of discomfort in this world in right. order to get a good story. You know what I'm saying? You're right, but I'm not good. I, I don't know if I want to risk my life. I mean, he only tipped me four dollars. Yeah, that's true. You got more. <laughs> you got yeah. more. Yeah, you got to earn that money, man. Yeah. You got to earn it. You'll be like, yes, I love parts of the company. What's your favorite part? Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, obviously, any part that shows any kind of breasts that's probably what his favorite part is. Probably. Or any kind of child scene, maybe. I don't know. That's probably. But, you know. No way you got to go there. You don't know that about yeah, him. You don't, you don't know, know that about him. him. You're being awfully You're judgy. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You're right. The guy, he's sensitive to sunlight, so he puts up trash bags over his window. <laughs> he's trying to find common ground with the pizza guy because yeah. he's trying to be a nice guy. And he's saying, hey, you're a pizza guy. Most people probably don't talk to you. You look like you like movies. Do you like Pirates of the Caribbean? You know, he's trying to be a nice guy. Here you are, years later, still just bashing him. Yeah. I have been called an asshole before. Definitely, uh, you're right. I am a very judgy person. I'll own up to that. But uh, shout out to uh, Creepy Trash Bag Window Guy. He's probably doing just fine. Uh, yeah, he's still watching them fucking movies. Probably. <laughs> like, uh, he... Y'all hear about that Netflix? I got all the pirates on there. <laughs> all pirates on there. All the pirates. <laughs> I'm the only one that hasn't had a de- delivery job or whatever, so I don't have a story for you. <laughs> That's just a sad life, right? No, there. but we do have creepy stories about Uber drivers and stuff. Okay. Oh, there's some. There's some creepy. Yeah, like yeah. I, I pick people up all the time. And they're just like. Thanks for not being weird. And I'm like, I, you're, welcome. you're welcome. It's not that hard. Yeah. You know? oh, shit. But yeah, there, I've heard some weird stories. Like I, I picked this girl up one time and she got in the front seat, which is always weird to me whenever a girl, like a young girl gets in the front they seat. They never get driver. in the front, yeah. I'm like, I'm just like, ah, you know, maybe don't. Like, you right. don't know me. Like, I'm normal-ish, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, but maybe that's not a wise practice. I, yeah, that's, and she's like, and I, I mentioned it to her. I was just like, Hey, this might sound weird, but, um, do you always sit in the front seat with your Uber drivers? <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, I'm just kind of used to it. And I was like, well, do you have like, uh, 
an escape plan because like there's weirdos, you know. And then I, she, we were talking before I just jumped right into this. So right, she, I think right. she had a good idea that I wasn't like yeah. trying to figure out her next move so that way I could do whatever I want. Your first words probably weren't like you like parts of the caravan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's like, oh, the, she's like, well, last week this guy picked me up and he uh, kept talking about how pretty I was. And then he kept like he kept rubbing my leg. Oh shit! And I'm like, you still get in the front seat? And that was my thing. I'm just like, well, don't sit in the front seat. Yeah. You can't reach your leg if you're in the back seat. I don't care if you got car seat. But I don't know if it's in the back. Maybe there's child locks in the back seat, so ah. maybe like girls know like don't sit back there in case Good the point. child locks are on and they can't get back out if it's right. a weirdo. So maybe that maybe it's smarter. I don't know. Maybe she maybe. got a knife beside her, and if I, she might, you know, I don't know. Maybe it is smarter to sit in the front seat, but. Yeah, I just thought that was weird, and she's she's like, the guy was just like, would you go on a date with me? And she said that she felt so threatened. She's just like, oh, of course I'd go on a date with you, and like had to right. make it seem like she was into him so that way right. he could get where they're going. Yeah, and, make it out and dude, like, alive. Man, that stuff makes me so frustrated. You right. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so Because it kind of gives everybody else well, a bad Well, if you're name. a good person, if you're, if you're a good person in that profession, I mean, it kind of gives you a bad rap. Not only that, it's just the fact of like, man, girls just... That sucks. Yeah. Right. I Because I, you don't think about that kind of stuff. Like, no, exactly. you know, we're not little guys, so no, you know what I mean? No, so, like, right. we get in a car or something, we feel yeah, fine. Yeah, I, I ain't worried about oh, somebody rubbing myself. my fucking leg. Yeah, yeah it's like, I'm going to handle my... And if they do rub, maybe I will rub my leg. I don't know. But, you know... I've been told by people I work with, it's like, you're really intimidating. I was like, I am? I was like, yeah, you just got this look on your face. I have an RBF. Like, I I do. And it's like, you're really intimidating. It's like... I don't mean to I be. feel like I've always just seen you smiling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah. to me, I 100%. don't see that. Like, but, like, yeah. the, the minute you get a face tattoo, everybody's just like, oh, yeah. you see Cody? <laughs> he looks fucking rough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I've only really hung out with you at Mike's, right. though. So, right. and I mean, hopefully, we're really, all smiling there. Yeah, you can't really be in a bad mood there unless shit goes around. I mean, I've been yeah. at some Mike's before where I left yeah. it up like that was not a good yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I've been at a few, and it's just like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And it sucks because I was on the mic next, and oh, I had yeah. to, and I had to. Was people kinda, getting in fights or something? And that's, no, no, no it's just that didn't happen to me once. Yeah, there's there was this one, there was this one. I think I was in Louisville at the, uh, <coughs> the caravan for a mic, and this older guy's on stage. It's one of his first times, and he's just. Tell him some weird, some weird dad jokes, mm. some weird creepy dad jokes, and I'm I'm on I'm up next, and I'm like, well, fuck this, I'm not going to like I'm not like this is gonna be terrible. It wasn't it wasn't bad. Uh, they kind of bounced back pretty good off of that, but <clears throat> literally I get up on stage and my go to is like, what in the fuck was that shit? Like, did you see that shit? <laughs> yeah. Did anybody else see that shit? But then you get the crowd on your side. Yeah, right? exactly. You know what I mean, because they're yeah. they're. If you get up there and you say what everyone's thinking, yeah. it's just like, oh, now we have common yeah. ground. And he's usually, a normal guy. And usually because I look like this, nobody's really going to have anything else to say about it. Like, that person's not going to have anything else to say about it to me. Cause so, my size is kind of on my side. Dude, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm, like, a, a big intimidating right. guy by any means. And I've said some stuff on stage before <laughs> about people... But my, if you're at a mic, if you get up, like, I feel like if you go to an open mic and you get up, expect somebody to say something about you right. at some point in the show. Happens all the time. You know, especially 
if there's something about you that stands out, like I don't look like everybody else, yeah, I get called out on almost every open mic, and that's fine. I don't care. It's funny, and it gives me more material later to talk about. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I we actually did a, a show with uh, Couch, and um, it was I don't know if he's if he told you about this. It was in like Crane. And no, some no, see, no. we did the see, we've I been did, there that one time. I did the first one there with him, and it was it wasn't too bad. Yeah. So we went, and it was a the room was decent. It wasn't like a, a real bad room. See, I think that first time we went, it was, it was I think bad. it was a lot of military guys, it and they were it was some fucking hard asses. Yeah. Same, pretty much the same thing. Well, before the show started, I guess Couch got in this argument with some old dude, and that guy was just like, "Well, I'm gonna go get my gun and come back." And he was like, I'll see you then. And then didn't tell any of us. So I had no idea, like, this whole... (laughs) And this is like... I had only been doing comedy for, like, two months. Right. You know, this is like what one of my first... Right. Shows it's not a you're no just, you're just I don't want to be here right now. I'm just ha- no, I'm, I'm happy. Like yeah. my thing is, I'm just happy to do a show. Like right. this is fun. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we we go. Adam does his thing uh, to where you know he's having a good time. He's having fun, and he's the host. So he gets up and he is doing his host thing, and then um, there's a dude from Indy that's going up before me. And he gets up and he's, you know, he's doing a lot of uh, city jokes. I guess, right. I guess it's the best way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, just, yeah. he's doing his stuff. I'm <laughs> laughing. I think he's the funniest guy tonight. I'm right. dying laughing. Right. But there's a drunk dude at the bar that is like, shut up. You know, shut We don't want to hear it. Shut up. And he keeps saying stuff. So the dude on the mic, fine, he stops and he's like, what'd you just say? And so I'm like, oh, cool. Now this comedian is going to like go after this right, heavy, right. right? And it's like, that's the funniest thing. <laughs> it's always a it's treat. see a comedian just tear him down. Right. That is not what happened. <laughs> the dude on the mic's like, come up here and say that on my face, dude. And then he looks over at his, his pregnant wife who's there, the comedian. Yeah. His wife's like, I mean, pregnant, right? Right. He looks at her and he's like, go start the car. I know what that means. Yeah. So I was like, sure oh, man. oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> you know, like it's about to get real. Shit's, shit's happening. So then the dude at the bar is like running his mouth. The dude on the mic uh, is like, what's going on? So all the comedians like go over to the guy running his mouth, except for me, because I don't know any of these people. So right. I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm just like, what? This is comedy? <laughs> and uh, the dude on the mic is like, I'm sorry, guys. I usually don't let that happen. But, you know, that guy's mouth is really getting to me. He finishes his set. He steps down. Well, all the comedians, except for me, are talking to this dude at the bar. The owner comes over, and he's like, nah, chill out, everybody. Chill out, everybody. So uh, it gets to the point where the dude, the heckler, says something to one of the comedians. So he snatches him up in a headlock and drags him outside. So if that happens, what's everyone in the bar going to do? Go Go outside. outside. Get up and go outside. Then Adam goes up on the mic and says, ladies and gentlemen, your next comic, Jake Rubel. <laughs> <laughs> so I get up and get the mic and there's seven people in the room. And they're just the people that wanted nothing to do with the fight. So, right. I, so now I'm standing here with these seven people and I'm like, I can't do my set. You know what I mean? I can't do jokes 
So I'm just making fun of what happened. I'm, I'm like, you know, the worst thing about doing comedy is uh, whenever all your friends are outside fighting and you can't go watch because you stayed in here. Why'd you stay in here? I'm like, if you guys would have went outside too, we could all be out there having fun. But no, you got to stand in here and you got to listen to me. And it actually went pretty well. Like they were laughing about that. And then everybody came back in. And then a little bit later, I'm sitting there. And the door opens, and that old dude from oh, the force is standing at the door, and he's staring at Adam. And somebody comes over, and they're just like, uh, that dude's back with a gun. So it turns out that guy had left, went and got a gun, came back, parked across the street, and was like blaring like soup, like bone thugs or something. Jesus. Real loud. And this guy's like 65, 70 years old in bib overalls and stuff. And if you see a dude that's like 60s and 70s, Bib overalls, threatening to get a gun. Now he's listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony. He's yeah. hyping himself up for something. Yeah, no yeah. So uh, Adam goes outside. They end up working things out. So like that was, it, that was just like my first experience of like going and having like a decent, <laughs> I, I'd say decent in quotes. It was the first show that wasn't like an open mic. Yeah. Like, it was the first show that I like went and got paid to do. Yeah. Right. So see know. when we went there, I didn't even think that place was like that, but. No. Fuck you never know. I mean, yeah. We uh, one of the first times I ever did a show. I think it was the second time I ever did a show with Will Con Cannon. Uh, I didn't Will, smallest guy probably out of any of us. Yeah. Um, Matthews. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the second show I ever did with him, it was at a bar in uh, in Bedford called Bandanas. A uh, small little biker bar and there wasn't a lot of people there. Mm. And for the second one, the first one, there was like 50 people in that small place, packed it out. Well, this one, there was like seven, eight. There was two two girls sitting in front. Wouldn't quit talking during Will's set. Will's Mm -hmm. doing like 10 minutes. We're not quit talking. I didn't know this about Will. Mouthiest bastard I've (laughs) ever met on stage. One of the, one of them. So these two girls wouldn't quit talking and he told them to shut up. (laughs) Automatically. Didn't didn't ask. He just said, hey, shut the fuck up. And, uh. They kept talking, and uh, he's like, hey, do you guys mind not talking during my set? And they, just, they ignored him, kept talking about whatever, doesn't, doesn't matter. And they decide, he decides to get, just, I don't know if he got off the stage, but he just sat on basically the sat there and <clears throat> talked to only them two mm-hmm. while they're talking. And they got tired of it, so they decided to get up. And I think one of them said, fuck you. And without even thinking, pretty sure he was planning on saying this. He just said, you know what? I hate you. Go kill yourself. I was wondering <laughs> yeah. if that was the same one you were talking about. I heard, I heard the story. Yeah, he just goes, I hate you. Go kill yourself. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I was like, I'd been at that point. I think I'd been doing comedy maybe six months. And that's when I met Will. And that was like the first line of all these shows we did. And I was just like, I don't even know this guy. And he's just, just, just flat out just totally going to go. So I was like, little guy, giant and I ass. asked him, I was like, what would you do if like the girl was the president? She actually like killed herself. He goes, I don't know. Should have uh, been fucking talking to her. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, but that's when I knew that's the first time I knew that Will just did not give a shit. Yeah. And he was still, just a finalist in the yeah. comedy competition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've seen that. Comedy yeah. I've seen that. And then, um, uh, somebody, Emily Davis one. Yeah. 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 I like I like Emily Davis. He's supposed oh, to be yeah. on here sometime, ain't he? Uh, he'll Will will be on at the end of the month. Cool. Towards the end of yeah. the month. Yeah. yeah. 
He's, I'm sure he's got good stories. He's been doing comedy way longer than me. So. Yeah. yeah we, I say way longer, but I mean, yeah. none of us have been doing it for a super long time. And no. Hopefully, we'd be doing something else with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. He uh, he started, I think he started, like I said, maybe six less six months or less than I did. And so, we, we I've been there ever since he started. He's been there almost ever since I started. You've been there for a while, like three years, something like that then? Yeah. Almost. About three years. Yeah. Right on. I think it's... Uh, so it'll be three years St. Patty's Day, I think. Okay. So yeah, I started St. Patty's Day, and the very first time I went up on stage, I wrote my material <clears throat> in two days, and I was nervous, so nervous, and I was I decided to drink a lot, and mm-hmm. it was at uh, yeah. it was at a brewery. You got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. He was there with me, and he had to I, honestly. If I didn't stop before I went on stage, I probably would have had to been like carried out mm. I was that drunk I was super nervous I had five minutes and or like four maybe and it was just a, at a brewery in Bedford you weren't horrible it's like but when you get that way you start fucking attacking people yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, like, it's somebody smarter somebody smarter something off at to me and he, the, I talked to the guy before that and he knew it was my first time as soon as I get back on stage which is weird he's like I'm just testing you man yeah, like, yeah it's his first fucking soon, time as soon as I get up on stage and he knew it was my first time. He's that smart. guy's not doing comedy yeah. anymore. Smart, yeah, smart as, <laughs> smart as no, something off. Smart as something off. And I was just like, I had no idea what to say. But he blamed mm-hmm. it on an old man. Yeah, that's what he did. He's, the old man. He, like, he said, he said he's like, might need to reinforce the stage, like because you yeah, like something like that. You were being funny, and you like got on your knees and like waddled up on the stage because yeah. it was pretty high. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, I need to reinforce the stage. And then he just, like, you're like, you turn in, like, who said that? And then he pointed at, a, like, yeah. a 70-year-old man who was also doing comedy. And he's like, what'd you say, you old fucker? And he started attacking yeah. him. So and I was like, holy I, I shit. Angry. I got angry because my first time, I just didn't, I had no idea what to say. Yeah. And I was belligerent, just drifting aimlessly through life right. for that period. But people laughed. And I was surprised because. Yeah, yeah uh, people, people. I, I, basically, uh, I blew the room up pretty much. Right. And but that was the first one they've ever had. Surprise! It surprised the shit out of me. Surprised the shit out of everybody. Had no idea that it was going to go down like that. I don't know if everybody was just, just as smashed as I was. I don't know. But um, and then after that, it just kind of went on. I, we I did like one every month for three months after that. And then after those three months, I was like. Obviously, I've done good all three of these times. Let's see what happens. Just keep doing it. And that's when I started initially traveling. So within the first six months, um, I had been to Louisville two or three times, Indy two or three times. Um, I did Morty's. I had been a few other places in Indy. Um, and that's, yeah, I did Morty's and that's when I met Miss Pat within mm-hmm. the first six months that I did that. And yeah, that's, and I just initially just, went after it. It's tapered off over the past Yeah, when's years. the last time you went up? Well, it was before it was before COVID happened. So, yeah, you came to Bears yeah. Place a couple of times. Yeah, I actually Hoppy Wobbles. Yeah, I actually took a year off. I took a year off and uh, just life happens, whatever. So I took a year off and then I came back in February and uh, I got to do it two or three two or three times different places and then after that COVID happened and then now I just I've been writing when something comes to me I just write it down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's funny. Luckily, I got a, a girlfriend to bounce shit off of, and she she pretty universal. She's a redneck, so I mean she gets yeah. me. But uh, yeah, and I just write it down. And other than that, I haven't. I've just been taking it easy, working on me, 
definitely working on the podcast. Yeah, definitely working on that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. And can we break for, like, piss? We sure can. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> All right, we'll be back, everybody. Uh, yeah, I just passed a year. Wow. So, yeah, I passed a year, um, I don't know, it was, like, March, something like that, somewhere right. around there. Uh, but, uh, like, I came into it different. I was a preacher for five years. Yeah. So, like, before I did comedy, I was a preacher, which is basically doing comedy. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> basically, honestly. But, I mean, on, clean, like. Clean that, comedy. Well, that was the thing is that I always, I would always have, like, a sermon that I wrote out. You know, I'd research, I'd study, and then I'd get up, and a lot of times, I didn't even go off my notes. Like, I would just start talking about stuff and making people laugh and, like, trying to get everybody, like, into what I was talking about. And I loved that feeling. Like, right. I just, I really liked, it wasn't so much, like, making everybody laugh. It was just, I felt like for that, you know, 45 minutes of preaching, I'm making an entire room of people connect on something. Right. And I'm trying to be pot. I wasn't one of those guys that would get up and like would slam sin and all that. I'd get up and I would talk about, you know, unity and I would talk about, you know, love and I would talk about peace and like, how can we achieve this? How can we be better people? Right. Uh, you know, how can we be better husbands or sons or whatever? Right. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, I always dug, like just getting up and talking about just being a better, because I'm like, well, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing anyways? If we're yeah. Christians, if we're going to church, it's to be better. Right. Exactly. It's not because we are better. It's because we're not better and we're trying to be better. Right. So that's the kind of stuff I'd go- always get up and do. And I love the feeling of having a room full of people connect with my words. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then I just got to the point to where me and religion just couldn't shake hands anymore. You know right. what I mean? It was just like, because I, I was a Pentecostal preacher. So, oh. So I wasn't like a cool youth pastor. You know what I mean? Like, I was a Pentecostal preacher. Right. You're not recording, are you? Uh, yeah. You are? Yeah. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah I've, uh, I, I went to a couple of Pentecostal services and it's, different you know my thing is is that if how i still go you know i still right. go to church uh not really right now i haven't really since covid happened but right. you know i don't go to that same church i was going to because some stuff just happened that i didn't really agree with i didn't really like the way it was going down so i was like well like we just me and my wife just talked about this on our podcast that we we try to get a, a few years ago i was super depressed very suicidal and i'm like I'm supposed to be like the happiest person in the world. I'm a, right. I'm a preacher. Exactly. I'm yeah. supposed to have the most peace in the world. Right. And I would go talk to these other preachers that I really looked up to and I would tell them, I would just be like, you know, man, I'm, I'm struggling. Like, I'm sad. I don't know what to do. Uh, I want to kill myself. And the only reason I haven't is because I got kids and a wife, you know, and I don't want to put them through it. And a lot of them would tell me, like, I feel like that too sometimes. And I'm like, well, like then why are we doing this? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and they, not all of them would say that by any means. And I'm not saying that everybody that is in church feels like that. Like if you're getting something from church, go to church. It's important to you. Do it. I don't care. But I just got to the point to where I was like, if I'm doing all this and hate my life, why not change it then and right. figure it out? So we stopped everything because my wife felt the same way. So we stopped everything, not just church, but like we quit everything. We weren't going out with people. We weren't hanging out with people. We're like, we're figuring this out. So like we, we started doing this thing where every year we'd have like a theme for our year. So it was like finance, 
was a, was our theme one year. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like the whole year, all we did was focus on our finances. We'd save. We would say, well, we're using too much money here or whatever. Like we just wanted to get our finances in order. And then the next year was our year of peace. You know, so it was like 2018 was finance. 2019 was our year of peace. That's when I started backing out of everything because mm-hmm. I'm like, nothing's giving me peace other than my right. family. So I'm just going to spend time with my family. Right. So I started backing out of everything. I, I definitely burned some bridges because people couldn't understand it. You know, here I am <clears throat> preaching. I started getting to the point where I was going to other churches to preach. People were having me come out to preach. Um, I was getting paid to do it sometimes. It was like that was the direction I was going I talked to a bunch of evangelists that I felt like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be a traveling preacher. Yeah. And then I was like, and then I just, I, I pulled back from all of it. So then of course, a lot of people were like, what are you doing? Like you got a future here. Exactly. Like we see the direction you're going. I'm like, you, you won't understand it. So I changed my life completely. That's, that's what it sounds like. Like a hundred percent. Like it was, <clears throat> and it was not an easy choice, but it was the right choice. I had to do right. it. Right. So, uh, luckily doing that though, there was quite a few people because when you do something like that, uh, it hurts people's feelings. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's people that I love that they love me. We were super close with, they had it in their mind that our future is going to be this. And then all of a sudden I'm, Hey guys, I'm no longer going to come to this church. Right. And then they're like, Whoa, they feel betrayed. So a lot of people blocked me on Facebook, quit talking to me, all that That's stuff. That's how they do. And I don't blame my thing is I don't blame them. They right. felt they felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. They felt like right. I'm up in front of them every week preaching and saying this, and now all of a sudden I'm saying, I don't know if I believe that anymore. So they feel betrayed. They don't they're confused. Yeah. That was a big thing. They were super confused by it. And a lot of people, if they're confused, they don't understand something, they just shut it out. Right. You know what I mean? They just don't they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. So I'm not mad at them. And if something ever changes in the future and they hit me up and they're like, Hey man, you know, I want to be friends again. Whatever, my door's open. That's fine. I don't trust you as much as I used to. Exactly. Or whatever. But having said that, the people that stuck by me, you know, the 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 preachers who loved me regardless, mm. those are the guys that I'm super close with now because right. they're like, I don't care what you do. Yeah. You know, because I like I said, I was you for you and not what you did. Now, you know, Pentecostals guys do not have long hair. Guys do not have facial hair. You right. know, they don't go to bars. They don't do this. They don't. And, you know, a lot of that stuff I still don't do, but I was looking in the mirror every day not, I didn't know who that person was. Every right. day I looked Did in the you mirror. have short hair, no facial hair yeah. at the time? Yeah, really? uh, while well, I'm talking, I'll see if I can pull up a picture because it, it was definitely different. But it was, um, you know, it was just something that I felt like I have to do this. This is, this is something that I know is going to be, um, it's something I know that I'm going to have to do. Yes. Oh, wow. That, yeah. yeah. That's, that's not even the, that that's even the same guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Even Way, the same guy, I mean, man. just, and that's even after. That's like right after I, I decided that I was going to stop. Right. Uh, I'll say you I look have. way cooler now. I appreciate You definitely that. have yeah. more personality. I mean, you look like somebody we could sit down and talk to. Right. Yeah. Well, that was, and I think that was my biggest concern. That was my biggest thing is that whenever I would look in the mirror, like I was always this guy on the inside, but then I was having uh, these rules and regulations and, and church standards yeah. tell me that I can't look like me. And that is one of the biggest things that really got to me because I look at it like before I got in church, this is what I looked like. I always right. had on a Grateful Dead shirt. I had long hair. Yeah. I couldn't grow facial hair at the time because, you know, I was a teenager. <laughs> uh, but like this is just the way I always looked. So I stopped doing all that. 
I don't want to make it sound like that that I regret any of it because I really don't. Right. Because it changed. It changed a lot. I was a drug addict before. Uh huh. So, you know, whenever I was a teenager, I was struck out on meth and, you know, uh, pills. All my friends were dying or going to jail and all this stuff. So I fell in love with a girl who was in church. The only way that I'd be able to date her is if I was also in church. Right. I'll sacrifice an hour a week to be able to date her. And then, you know, I I fell in love with the whole concept of getting better. Because that's what the church was to me in the beginning. It was just getting better. It It was, you know, hey, we're a bunch of misfits who don't understand what we're doing. And we're just trying to help each other get better. And that's the way it was for a few years, I felt like. But then I started being a department head and being in ministry and seeing the curtain was opened. Right. I didn't like that. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like if that curtain was never open, I probably would still be doing what I was doing. So I'm glad it was open because now I get to actually be independent right. and be myself. But it was, you know, whenever I just made that change, I made that decision. I was like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to back out. It was uh, hard on my family because now my kids who were raised in this church, mm now they don't get to see their friends anymore because right. we're not going to that church and then their parents might be upset with us. So then I can't reach out to them and say, hey, you know, can our kids still get together and hang out? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was, it was, I was mad. I'll be honest. I was mad at first about religion and I was like, I'm not going to church anymore. I'm done. I'm just not going to do this. But then I started meditating a lot and I started trying to figure out like who I am. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, if I look at church a specific way, it's okay. I wasn't. I was looking at church as a, a building that I have to go to, and I have to follow these rules, and I have to do this, and I have to do that. And I was right. like, I can just look at it like it's a place where I can go and I can learn little concepts to get better. I don't have to swallow everything that they're feeding me. Exactly. Right. You know, it's a buffet. Some of the stuff I like. Some of the stuff I'm not a fan of. I right. just won't eat that stuff. Exactly. And um, so after a few months, we decided to go to a different church. I met with that pastor and said, I, and I just laid it all out for him. I said, this is where I'm coming from. This is where I'm going. I said, um, I know I, I've been on the other side of this table before, you know, as, as a minister. And I know like the mindset I said, but I do study Eastern philosophies. I do meditate. I do read about every religion now. Right. I'm open-minded. And he was like, good, you should be. And I was like, this is where I'll go. Right. Yeah. If you feel like that, I'll exactly. go here. Exactly. Exactly. So we started going there for a while and then COVID happened and we've not really been back. Yeah. But that church has been great because like his wife, the pastor's wife is even, she calls all the time to check on us just to. And I know when someone's doing it to be like, remember us. Yeah. And she's legit just like, do you guys need anything? Are you guys yeah, right? heartfelt and honest. Just, yeah, and, and right. she just wants to get to know us. Right, right. She took my kids to the zoo one day. She just called and she's like, do you mind if I just take the – I want the kids to know who I am. Can I take them right. somewhere? And we just thought like Dairy Queen or something. Yeah. <laughs> she took them to the zoo and like <laughs> bought them all this stuff while they're there. And I'm just like, you can buy their love. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so that's – that. I still have a church. I still go to church, but like I'm not re- religious, which is such a cliche to say. It is. If you right. look at a guy like me, you know I'm going to say unspiritual, not religious. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just open minded. Right. And, and to me, religion is closing your mind to everything else. Because exactly. religion is saying, I'm right, you're wrong. 
And I just don't want to do that. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, we know we know people who are very religious, and it's you know, it's everything is set in stone. You have to be this person. You have to do this thing. And it's kind of the same thing with like politics. If you're if you decide you're a Democrat or Republican, you're just like, I have to do this. I have to do this. And I'm just like, why can't I do what I want and still be this? Well, not only that, but why can't I just not know? Yeah, yeah. And that was I. I'll be honest with you. I remember the moment that I decided that I wasn't going to live that life anymore was. Me and my wife was having a conversation, and she'd asked me a question about the Bible that I should have known. Right. You know what I mean? It was just like that was something that was ingrained in us that this scripture is set in stone, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is it. She's like, and she said it, and I just had this look on my face, and she's like, you don't believe that anymore, do you? And I said, I don't know. Yeah. And it was the moment that I said, I don't know. I felt so free. Yeah. Right. Because I had to be sold out to that message. Yeah. I had to believe it. I had to eat it. I had to live it. It was all my life. Exactly. And then the moment that I was just like, I don't know. I was just like, oh, right. I cannot know. Right. Yeah. And people are scared to say that. Exactly. It's crazy. People right. with politics. Yeah. You know, people ask me all the time, like, well, what's your stance on this? I'm like, I don't know. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. Yeah. And then they're like, well, how can you not know? Because I don't know. Exactly. And it's okay that I don't know. Right. Exactly. I'll vote I'll I'll vote the way that I feel like I should vote. Yeah. You vote the way you feel like you should vote. Exactly. And we can still sit down and yeah, have dinner have a, together. Have and a it's fine. conversation. Yeah. You know, and it's just like there's so much division, so much hate and everything that I'm glad I got away from that mindset before all this stuff happened. Right. Because I'm worried that I'd be on the wrong side now. Exactly. Yeah. Because you know, you do look at conservatives. Most, you know, hardcore Christians are conservative. Not all of them. Right. But most of them are. The church I was going to was definitely conservative. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing that they would get up and they'd be preaching about politics. And I'm like, whoa, dude, separate church and state. Yeah. yeah. You know, that doesn't that goes both ways. Don't exactly. come in here and tell me that exactly. I'm not allowed to be a Democrat or, mm-hmm. you know, because and, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not Republican or Democrat. Right. Uh, you know, I'm. You me. feel what you feel. Yeah, I'm just me, want. man. I just exactly. try to figure it out. And if yeah. I don't know, I'm honest and say, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that the, I, this is, we don't talk politics at all. The last time we talked politics is because, you know, President Trump thought or claimed that he got orange from these certain brand of white walls. So that's, that's the last article we did. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is not a political podcast at all. And if somebody asked me, you know, just like you, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't follow it. I don't know what the hell's happening. And I know that, you know, certain friends and family, you know, we've had to break ties in the past. And recently that, you, you know, what you're saying is, I don't agree with that. And if you're not going to keep it, you know, in your house and try not to push it yeah. on me. Yeah. You know, there's no point in us continuing this relationship that we have. I agree. And somebody brings up something, they're like, oh, did you hear about this in politics? I'll be like, no. no well, idea. I'll take, maybe I'll just like, that's interesting. I'll look it up and it'll be an article and I'll read it and I'll be like, well, let's look at this article. And the articles say different things. So I'm just like, See, that's, where are you getting your shit from? Bud? And that's my thing is that how do you know? Exactly. How exactly. do you know? You don't know. And that's why whenever someone's like, well, who are you going to vote for? I'm like, well, A, I ain't telling you. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I don't want you to know. Right. Because, uh, I mean, it's going to change the way you look at me. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, you know, and <laughs> even though it's hard sometimes, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. if you tell them, it seems like people are always, like I, I had said something against Trump one time. 
So then everybody was just like, oh, my God, you love Hillary. And I was like, what makes you think I voted for Hillary? Right. right. And then whenever I said that, then everybody was just like, so you voted for Donald Trump? I'm like, I voted for Gary Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. That dude talked about smoking weed and that he was Batman. Yeah. I voted yeah. for that cat. Yeah. He was and, super <laughs> cool. Yeah. He was really cool. But my thing is that there are other choices and we just don't see them. Yeah. You know, and that was my whole thing. Whether or not Gary Johnson was going to be the best president in the world, probably not. But my thing with him was I was trying to say we can have a vote. Yeah. We can choose someone else. Mm-hmm. And people just won't do it. And then people got mad at me because they're just like, well, you wasted your vote. I'm like, I didn't waste my vote. I was proving a point. Exactly. And my point was I don't have to walk your line. Yeah. I'm allowed to step out of line. Exactly. And, you know, if this, this dude was funny. And right. he, I looked up some of his policies, and I agreed more with some of his policies than I did the other policies of the other people. And I thought that was just the direction I was yeah. going to go. The, the, now, this the, the, today, I, dude, I don't know. I don't follow <laughs> no, politics. No I can't follow politics. Idea, I can't dude. follow it at all because no. every time I do, people are so, no one is open to discussion. That's no. my issue. I can't learn. That's Because I don't know politics enough. Right. I really don't. And I can't learn from you because you are so jaded right. one way or another that I can't listen to you because I wa- I see your posts yeah. and I see the hatred that you're spewing towards exactly. the other side. Exactly. And I get your pain and I get your frustration yeah. and I get that you're scared and I get that you want to see change and you're fed up and all that stuff. But I can't open a dialect with you if you're angry. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know that that's, that's hard for some people to hear because... Yeah. Man, I see this stuff that's going on. I'm angry, too. I want to see change. I don't like seeing some of the stuff that I'm seeing. Right. But I'm also going to be able to sit down at a table and say, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me how you know. I get it. I mean, I talk to people about work about this, but everybody's always black or white, left or right. It's weird. And when people say, oh, fuck that person because of this, and I'm like, well, did you... Did you look up anything? Did you read anything? Yeah, Is this yeah. actually true? And then I was talking to somebody at my work and I was like, well, we were talking about music. And I was like, you know, Marvin Gaye. And they're like, who? And I was like, Marvin Gaye. And they're like, well, first I wouldn't listen to him because their last name's Gay. And I was like, how could you fucking say that? It's He's like one of the greatest artists in music ever. Everybody knows Marvin Gaye. They're like, well, I, just because his last name is Gaye. And I was like, well, who fuck? Who are you? Yeah. And I like this person. Right, yeah. And yeah. I was well, just, You better not watch any television. You better not listen to any music. Because <laughs> right. I guarantee somebody who is not lined up with your beliefs right. touched that yeah. in yeah. some way. Yeah. It's, just, it's so frustrating. I know. Yeah, and I know uh, our mom Our mom is retired and she's in her, her 60s. And, you know, she... She will say... For not being a political podcast, yeah. we're getting political. Yeah, we are. You know? I mean, yeah, we are. I feel like we're not... It's not. We're not getting too in-depth. Yeah. We're talking about... You yeah. know, we're well, all, we're kind all of this, also saying we don't know. Right. Yeah. And we're all, <laughs> yeah. we're all on the same page. So. Our, mom, our mom will say, did you see this in the news this week? And I said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, it was all over Facebook. Uh, and I go... Uh, so, she's old. She's retired. Sure, and she's been sure. locked up for four months. So, yeah. I said... I was like, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll humor her. And yeah. I was like, what did it say? And she says this. I was like, you know, how fucking stupid that sounds. I was like, it, I was like, I was like, I said that to her the other day. Too. I said, I said, <laughs> stay. I was like, stay off of Facebook. Right. I actually, I recently just, I just uh, got, I yeah, you deactivated, deactivated yours. Deactivated mine. I kept Messenger. That's how I keep track yeah. with everybody. Um, but I just deactivated mine. Just it is just too much. I don't need it. Yeah. Don't need it. Well, I mean. 
like I said, I'm open to dialect. I just, I feel like every time that I've sat down with somebody who says that they want to show me something, <laughs> they're so one way or another right? that I feel like it clouds their judgment, <clears throat> which sometimes they're right, too. I mean, sometimes they show me stuff and I'm just like, oh, yeah, man, I didn't even know that. Right. But I, I don't know. I don't like politics. I'm just waiting to see if Kim Kim Jong Un's alive. They keep saying he's dead. They keep saying he's alive. Let's actually find out. Yeah, well, that's another. Uh, who knows? Like, exactly. I dude, I don't pay attention to media at all because, right, right. I mean, I'll, I'll get real hippie on you for a minute. <laughs> but rich people own the media. Yeah, that's very true. Politicians are rich, and they're friends with other rich people, which means that the people who own the media are more than likely friends with all these politicians. Yeah, and they're gonna put out. One way or another, whatever their friends want them right, to. So exactly. I just don't trust any of it. I mean, that's, I, I really don't. You know, whenever it comes down to it, I'm trying to build a farm. I'm trying to <laughs> stay home. I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm build, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, trying I'm not home. to kill anything. <laughs> my, my wife's going through school. I got three yeah. kids. I'm trying to, I'm trying to not murder yeah. all these animals. I got better shit to yeah, do. She's luckily, she graduated. Uh, thankfully, she's, she's working at the hospital now. She's a nurse at the hospital. She just got a second job, like a PRN position that she can just pick up hours whenever she wants. No, that's cool. Home. It's just like, it's just like, oh, what do you want a second job for? Well, my husband wants to be a farmer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but not the type, like, What's, not like a food farmer. Yeah. He wants to have just a bunch of animals yeah. running around and shit. What's really funny is, like, we were talking about, because our chickens are, are molting right now, so they're not really laying eggs. Right. We got 26 of them. Right, so I'm only getting like one or two eggs a day, and I got 26 chickens. Yeah. So Chia, my wife, she's just like, well, you know, we maybe there's too many of them. We might have to start thinking about eating a chicken. And I was like, yeah, we can discuss it. And we're like walking away from the chicken coop. She goes, hold up, you ain't gonna kill any of these chickens, are you? <laughs> and I just turn around and I was just like, if it happens, it happens. But I don't want to be there. <laughs> you know, but like. It, I'll do it, obviously. I'm yeah. actually I just signed up for a class on how to butcher um, hogs oh, right. that, that's in Bloomington. Because I, I, I got to learn all this stuff, like the right way of doing it. I got books and everything, but like I'm a hands-on kind right, of guy. Right, exactly. I need to see how to do it. I've killed tons of animals uh, on accident. Let's see how to purposely do it. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. Uh, uh, I actually, <clears throat> there was, uh, I went to college in Vincennes. And my roommates were so backcountry bumfuck that they stole a chicken from somebody's yard. What I, I'm not going to say stole. It was sitting on this person's front porch. They borrowed it. They borrowed this chicken from somebody's yard. Kept it in our basement for two days. Let it shit everywhere. And then they decided that they wanted chicken for dinner. Mm-hmm. So they decided to, uh, quote unquote, murder slash sacrifice this chicken they in the backyard. They harvested the chicken. Yeah. Okay, they they harvested this chicken <laughs> in the backyard. Now, mind you that we lived in the middle of town and the main road that goes through Vincennes is right outside of our house. Okay. So they basically just put this chicken on the chopping block and didn't even think to have a sharp blade. They used oh, a, no. uh, one of those $8 dull Walmart machetes and... Uh, it took quite quite a few whacks to mm-hmm. cut its head off, and then uh, feathers everywhere. The, the it looked like somebody uh, just ripped a pillow in half right. in our backyard, and then they proceeded to just leave all of its insides just wherever they wanted to, and then bake it after they plucked all the feathers off, and it turned out to not be very good. 
Yeah, there's different breeds of chicken. Like, <laughs> mostly chickens that people have to lay eggs or that are pets, right. they don't taste good. Yeah. Right. They're not meat chickens. There's yeah. different types of chickens. Some are for yeah. laying, some are for yeah, eating. Like, well, all the ones I have, are, are they're all laying chickens. And especially if it's a rooster, roosters taste horrible. Like, yeah, right. last time we had chickens, there was a rooster that kept attacking my daughter. So I was just like, well, you can't stay here. So, <laughs> I, you know, I harvested that rooster. It was, uh, And we plucked all the feathers and everything, and we baked it. And it was the worst, worst meat. <laughs> like, it did not taste good. It was tough. Yeah. And and then I found out, it was just like, oh, you don't eat roosters unless you have to. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, that's the same house where our roommate hit a deer and then, and then we brought it home. Harvested it. Yeah. Harvested in it. In the front yard. In the front yard. On the clothesline. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 It, it, like I said, it, it, it was Vincennes. And uh, they, all walks of life. I'm were, from Owen County. So yeah. it's like. They were from yeah. all walks of life. And, you know, I, I did have a, a bit I used to do. And I, you know, I've just come out and I'd say, I graduated from, I, I went to college in Vincennes and nobody would laugh. I was like, that's the joke. Like, <laughs> that's the funny part. Like, I, I went to Vincennes. It's, it's, you know, and if you're local, you'll get it mm-hmm. because it's just, it's, it's a melting pot of, uh, fuckery. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Literally a melting pot. It of pretty fuckery. much is. Yeah. But it was still fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you get seven fucking hillbillies in a house, basically. Yeah. Just a three-story house, just running amok, partying every Thursday, breaking shit, starting fires in a fucking trash can outside, getting the cops called. Yeah, yeah, never really, uh, never, never did the college thing. I went to college parties with some yeah. friends whenever I was right. a teenager, but yeah, I never really. Uh, well, see, so you were the smart one. You saved money. Yeah, you just, you just took the benefit. No, of the I was parties. just a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just, so I spent money. But no, and then like once me and my wife got together, I went to college. Uh, well, I went to Ivy Tech. <laughs> I went to Ivy Tech to be a writer, and uh, that didn't last very long because then you know we were having kids, so I ended up having to work like three jobs at a time and everything. And then uh, my dad got sick, so you know he had a stroke. I had to take care of him, so I dropped out of school to do that, and my wife dropped out of school to help, and then she went back to school to be a nurse. And then she makes good money. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, well, I don't have to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> she actually won't let me get a job. Here the last few months, I'm like, you know, whenever money would be tight or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, I, I don't mind going out and getting a job. Like, I've had a bunch of job offers. I can go do it. And she's just like, no, I, you keep doing what you're doing. And she's like, I know this comedy is going to pay off eventually. I need you to focus on that. She's like, it's your dream. You got me my dream of being a nurse. Right. It's, it's your turn. We're going to do this thing. We're going to see if Well, she real. sounds like a good woman. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. You guys and sound I do. Like you got a good thing uh, together as a relationship. So Yeah, we've been together since we were kids, you know. Like, how how old are you guys? How old are you? I'm 33. Really? What are you looking at me for? I don't, I don't fucking know. know. <laughs> 1987. 1987. So I don't know how really long ago that was. I think I'm 33. I yeah, might be 34. So, yeah, I, I thought you. Uh, yeah, I thought you were uh, closer. All right, we're 27. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's a year younger than I am. So, uh, and we got together whenever you know we were like 16, 17, 17, right. 18, right around in there whenever we got together. So we we grew and we were friends right for a few years. So like we grew up together, and I mean it just. I'm lucky. I mean, dude, I'm lucky. Yeah. I got friends. Most of my friends have at least been divorced once, yeah. you know, or they're going through a divorce or they've never been married or they've never found like the love of their life. And I don't know, man, it, it was hard work. Like we, and I think that's the biggest thing that it came down to is like, we worked through everything. Yeah, right. Like to. we would, I mean, there were so many times in the beginning, especially that first year of marriage, like we were together for a year, lived together for a year and then got married. 
So we had already been together for a couple of years, and we're just like, this. We'll just get married. That's it's fine. It's not a big deal. Changes everything. That yeah, first year yeah. of marriage was the oh, worst yeah. year of my life. That's horrible. And um, but like we got through it, and we are where we are now. Right. She's the one who co-hosts my podcast with me, and we did it because we have so much fun together. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it with my best friend, and she's my best friend. So yeah. I'm like, well, which is this right. just makes sense. So and plus, she pays all my bills. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool of her. It's like, without uh, you, I wouldn't yeah. be able to afford gas. So. Uh, yeah. Well, once all this started happening, since I can't do Uber anymore, I decided to go back to writing. So I'm a freelance writer now. So, I mean, I make, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week or something like that. Not a lot, but between doing shows whenever I can do them, um, you know, and getting paid a little bit of money to do that and then writing different articles and stuff. And the articles are so ridiculous. <laughs> I think dude, the writing jobs I get are so dumb. I just finished up one <laughs> that was the uh, buyer's guide to home gymnastic equipment in the UK. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I got paid 70 bucks to write this 3,000 word article on uh, horizontal gymnastic bars for little kids. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, and they they were straight up with me. They're just like, we understand you don't live in the United Kingdom. We understand you probably don't have this, but, you know, we've looked at your resume and everything and we you can do research. So can you, and I was like, yeah, obviously I'm an expert. Yeah, I'll just, yeah, I can Google. So it was like days of watching YouTube videos and just reading every article I could <laughs> on this stuff and then just sat down one day and just wrote it out and then they were like, boom, here's 70 bucks for it. I'm like, nice. <laughs> was okay, it also that you worked for cheap maybe? Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, that's the thing too. Right. But I don't need the money as much as some other people. Right. So like to me, eventually I'll get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're going to pay me, you know, this much money. Yeah. Right. So any, uh, any listeners in the UK, if you need some, uh, <laughs> yeah. some pretty good gymnastic equipment, go check out Jake Rubel's article. I got yeah. you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to kind of go back to what we were talking about before, uh, you know, whenever I, I kind of got into comedy, I quit doing, I quit being a preacher. And then I took three months of doing nothing pretty much. And then I've always wanted to do stand up. I mm-hmm. went to an open mic or yeah, it was an open mic night at the comedy attic. I didn't go up, but I went to go see, I'd never been to a live show. Right. I'd never seen comedy in person. Never, ever. Nope. Never. Really? But I grew up loving comedy. Right. Saturday Night Live was my jam my whole life. Like, I still, even the bad seasons, I still like. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I can find funny stuff in this. Yeah. And so I went to the comedy attic with a buddy of mine who also has always loved comedy. And um, Mark uh, Bookwalter went up. Right. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, this dude's doing comedy. Yeah. And there was, like, Grant Volkmar was up that mm-hmm. night. And there were so many people that went up that I would, and then there was a bunch of people that went up that was not good. Yeah. It was like their first time going up. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> uh, I'm going to try this. So I was like, all right, I think I want to do this. And then my buddy, Will, um, Will Lewis, he went to Hoppy Wobbles all the time. He hung out with the owner there. So he texted me and said, hey, they're doing an open mic this Sunday. You're on the list. <laughs> like didn't even ask. And I was just like, cool. So I had like three days to write something. So I, I just wrote out five-minute set. Told a few of my friends, showed up, and, like, the place was packed with people that I knew. Right. Which is good and bad for your first time. Yeah. yeah. It's good if you're going to be funny, but it's also (laughs) bad because they're going to think you're funny anyways. Yeah. So I went up and and had, uh, you know, I've recorded it, so I went back and watched it. And now I'm, now I'm just like, I didn't even do, what is that? <laughs> I'm not even doing anything. Yeah, but they liked it. So from that moment, I have... 
other than COVID, I've done at least one to, to four mics a week since that first open mic. Because I was just like, oh, this is what I do. I went up. I felt it. I was like, this is my calling. I have to do this. I, I don't have a choice. So I started going to Hoppy Wobbles every week, every Sunday. They had the open mic. I was going there. Then I found out about Bear's Place. And then it was like every Sunday and Monday I was doing a mic. And then I found out some places in Indy. And then I started signing up to do the comedy attic. And there was times, you know, I was doing four or five mics. And then since I was a preacher, like I was, I was not nervous. Yeah, pretty comfortable. Right. No, not nervous at all. Like I just, I always feel nervous right before I get on stage. Like an hour before I'm, I'm pretty nervous. But the moment that I step on the stage, I feel fine. Mm -hmm. Like I was so comfortable. I'm the same way. It took me about three months to actually get rid of the jitters and I didn't have to. So after those first three times, I didn't have to drink to get up on stage right. anymore. Yeah, and then a lot of, and then for for the first year, I didn't drink at all. I, I kind of stopped drinking for a year, and then after that, I just did all the shows sober, mm-hmm. and I felt like that helped me a lot. Right. Yeah. And, probably. Yeah. Most likely. And then I, um, and then so yeah, I wasn't nervous at all. But same as you, as soon as I got on stage. It just go away. Yeah. I mean, go away. Yeah. It's just, and that was another reason why I knew. And the thing is, like, I was doing, like, in the corner of the bar at Hobby Wobble, which is a cool room and everything, but it's like 20 people, maybe 15, right. 20. There's usually not very many people in there. Right. And then I'd go to Bear's Place, and it was the same thing. There's There really wasn't a lot of people in there whenever I'd go. Um, and then the first time, I think I was doing comedy for about six months, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the comedy attic. Because everybody kept telling me, they're like, dude, go, you're going to be fine. And I was like, that's, but that's where like real comedians are. <laughs> and they're just like, it's an open mic, dude, just go do it. Yeah. And the first time that I went there, I had like 30 people show up for me to support me, which was super cool. Right. Felt great. And I went up and just, you know, I, I had a killer set. Like I still look back and watch that and I'm just like, that was a solid set. It was like one of my best sets because I was so comfortable right because all my friends and family was there and I wanted to like prove that I can do this and um yeah after that like have you been to the comedy have you have you gone yeah. up there yeah Dude, I've been that there. feeling like yeah. whenever the entire room explodes with laughter yeah because it's such a small intimate room mm-hmm. and you have people surrounding the exactly. stage it's just like oh like dude I've done a lot of drugs in my life nothing compares to that i was like okay this is it so (laughs) then i went like full blast right i just that adrenaline i was like "Uh, this is what i do so um i kept doing my day job though obviously because i've only been doing comedy for six months why you know you have to do it for at least five years before you even think about going full-time into it right right but then some stuff just kind of lined up i hated my job all of a sudden i used to love it but then i got to the point where that was i had no peace there um, ended up leaving that job, which ended up being f- for the better because after that, like I just heard some bad stuff sort of happened at that job. So I was like, Oh cool. I'm glad I got out when I did. And, uh, whenever I left, I started driving Uber, which meant that I could make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I hit every mic I could possibly do. And then people started putting me up on shows and I started making money doing it and was like, Oh, okay, cool. And, um, I always was real careful to tell people how long I've been doing comedy though. Because, like, after an open mic or show, somebody would come up and be like, hey, man, I have this show going on. Are you interested? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. And then they found out that I've only been doing comedy for a year. Right. And then all of a sudden they're backpedaling and they don't want to put me up. And I'm just like, well, you just seen what I did. Right. Like, you know, let my comedy. I'm not the best. And I have so much 
further to go. Like, I got so much work I have to do. Every time I watch one of my sets, I'm like, you know, like I just did a set last night in Anderson. And I was supposed to do 15 minutes. Uh, I get up, and it was just closing out a show. That's all it was. It right. was an open mic. Everybody gets five minutes. He wanted me to come up and close the show out and do 15 minutes at the end. Cool. I'll do it. And then it, everybody was doing rough. So, like, the crowd was just not in it at right, all. Right, right. And then I'm like, I gotta do 15 minutes after this? Yeah. So I got up on stage, I started to do my set, they laughed a couple times, and my thing was, is that if the crowd's not into it, don't do not do what you planned on doing. Right. I, some people are the opposite. Some people are like, no, I'm gonna do it no matter what. Uh, that's fine. But I'm okay with scrapping what I have and yeah. figuring what works. So I started throwing out jokes. Uh, I did some jokes about how I look like a drug dealer, but I'm sober, you know, <laughs> they didn't care. I did some jokes about, um, some previous shows that I done. They didn't care. I did some jokes about how, if you have more than one kid, you always have a favorite <laughs> and they lost it. And I was like that there's where we're doing kid jokes. Right. We're gonna make fun of our kids tonight. So then I just started ripping with the audience and everything. And I mean, it ended up going great. But it, I don't know. It's just like yeah. I drove two hours to do fifteen minutes for free. Right, right. that's comedy. I'm it not is. making money doing this. Exactly. You know, uh, it's uh, if I do make money, it's gas money. I yeah. got a show that I'm doing in Evansville in like two weeks, and I'm barely going to make enough money to pay for gas to go there and back. Hmm. I'm doing a, a show next Wednesday in Fort Wayne. That's three hours away. Yeah, you know, and I'm getting paid just enough for gas money, maybe. Yeah. I don't care. I'm, dude. I've been doing comedy for a little over a year, and I'm getting paid gigs. I don't care if it's not hardly anything. Yeah, like, right. people want me to come do their shows, so it's just a good feeling, you know, to be able it to is. do that. It's it is, and I know there's a lot of people. I have had a lot of people be upset with me because they come up to me and they're just like, you know, how'd you get that? And I'm like, dude, they called me. I don't know. Right. And but at the same time, I'm a hustler. Like yeah. I, I want, and I, I feel like I'm a cool hang. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, if you don't like me, you don't like me. But like, I, if I like you, I'll, let's hang out. Let's, you know, let's have a good time. I'm not going to try to like brown nose or anything like that. We'll just hang out. Right. And I feel like that's half the battle. Just don't be a jerk. Like if you're cool yeah. with people and you're kind of funny, they'll put you on a show. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah. what I try it's to a, do. It's, it's all about it. Like you said, it's it's all about who you are. People people can tell what kind of person you are, especially if they're wanting if they're thinking about booking you on a show and right. calling you. They can tell what kind of person you are, and who you are on stage might not be who you are yeah. off stage, and that is almost, if not more, important. Yeah. But uh, honestly, your work ethic. If I've learned one thing, your work ethic. Pays off in the end, like anything. You you have to work oh, for, for sure. something you yeah. want. Yeah, and <clears throat> that that honestly makes a difference. And I've had you know I've had people ask me, it was like, hey, how do I how do I get on this? Like, can I get on this show? Because we were making money. I, you know, there was some nights that every single one of us, because we would charge a cover, and there's two or three hundred people in this in this bar, and there were some nights. We were making $60, $70 each. And right. there's there's like six or seven people on this list. Mm-hmm. Crazy money. And we were fine with splitting it all. And they're like, how can I get on this show? And it was just this 
certain group that we had, but this one person was controlling it. So if they decided not to like this person, they told this person they could have their spot. And then that person just basically didn't make any money anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if, what if they needed that money? Right. And this person doesn't, you know, it's just cause this is your friend. But also, I've made friends from that group. Yeah. Like, uh, Will, Adam, Sam Bob, you know, a bunch of people from that group. And it's just, your work ethic is everything, and you, I mean, you got to shoot for what you want. Right. Well, I just, I don't know. Like, I've had some people, and no one local, like, no one local, but I've had some people from a different town that will come up to me and they're just like, you know, how are you all of a sudden getting all this stuff? Like you, I haven't seen you before, but you know, you're getting feature work here at this place and you're getting paid to do that and everything. And I'm like, well, how long have you been doing comedy? Cause they're like, you've only been doing it for a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how long have you been doing comedy? And they're like, well, I've been doing comedy for seven years. And I'm like, and we're on the same show. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not to be a jerk or anything, but it's no. just like, dude, I don't know why. I don't know. It I'm just not, means you're doing something right. Just, and, I, and I'm not saying I'm a better comedian by any no. means. I'm just right. saying, like, I don't know why I got that and you didn't. Right. Did you try? Yeah. You know, like, do, do you just expect it just to happen? Because I don't expect anything. Dude, I came from, I was raised by a biker and a hippie. We didn't have running water in my house until I was like six. Yeah. We, you know, like, we didn't have plumbing in my house until I was like 11. You know right. what I mean? Like, if we wanted to flush a toilet, we had to pour a bucket of water into the toilet to flush it that way. Mm-hmm. And it just went into the woods, you know? So, like, I grew up poor. And I don't want my kids to grow up like that. Right. Not only that, but I grew up poor, and everybody around me was working a job they hated. Yeah. And all they did was complain and come home and drink and try to forget about the fact that they had to go in tomorrow. Right. And I'm like, dude, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. Why? Why? Because society says that's what we're supposed to do. No, man. I'm going to do this. And I'm not making any money doing it right now. But at yeah. the same time, I'm making some money doing it. Yeah. And I love doing it. And I've met some super cool people. I wouldn't be sitting here right. with you if, exactly. if I wasn't doing it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm having a good time, man. Like, that's the biggest thing is I'm having fun doing it. I get it. Like, uh, I've... I've not worked with any, like, big-name comedians or anything like that. But, like, I've worked with some people, like Bone Hampton. I did a show with him. And, you know, he's on TV all the time. So, he's on My Name is Earl. He's, you know, most of the comedians I work with are clean comedians. Because Gutty's Comedy Club in Greenwood is a clean comedy club. And they like me there, and I'm one of their house comics. Because I don't look like a clean comedian, but I have clean comedy. You <laughs> right, know? right. And it's almost like a bait and switch. Like you come in and you see the dude looks like me. You're like, he's going to, you know, tell all kinds of jokes. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm up there and I'm just like, I'm a bad dad. You know, like, that's, like I'm <laughs> right. just telling true right. stories and, yeah. and just having, just trying yeah. to have fun and, and be a good hang. But, you know, like this weekend, I'm going to be there with Andy Beningo. Andy Beningo is not a huge comedian, but he's got a dry bar comedy special. He's got a bunch of followers. He's a traveling comic. He's been doing it for a long time. I got a lot I could learn from that guy. Right. And that's my big thing is like, hey, you're doing what I want to do. Yeah. So, like, I just want to be around you. Yeah. You it's know one what of I mean? those things. If, if you're funny, you can find a spot anywhere. Mm-hmm. You really can. If you're funny. And nice. Yeah, and yeah. nice. You yeah. can't be an asshole. Yeah. That's, I, that's, I've met a few. Yeah. I have met a few. I come up and I talk to him. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Like they're better than you. Doesn't matter yeah. who. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. And I've met a few people like that, and 
I was actually Adam Adam Mike in Louisville with Sandbob. We went down there together. It was a great night, great crowd. We had, we had a good time. And uh, Sam got off the stage, and he I, he was one of the last ones. We closed out, and one of the local guys there walked up to me, and he wasn't talking to me, but he was talking to Sam. But we were we were side by side. So I didn't know who he was talking to, and he was he'd had a few drinks. I could tell, and he said, how long have you been doing comedy? And, because uh, it was in his bit, and mm-hmm. I, I, I can't remember how long he's been doing it, but he's been, I, Sam's been doing it for, I think four, four years or more, and Sam's like, four years, how long have you been doing it? And the guy just turns around and walks out, which just walks away, and we're just like, what the fuck was that? Right. And his buddy's like, you gonna answer the man? And the guy just kept walking. And then we had to walk by the guys, and we just yeah. got shit looks after that. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Right. Like, is he mad because you've been doing it longer than him, or because right. you've not been doing it at right. all? Right. Like, what's the... And what's I mean, I don't know like? anything about any of this stuff, but, like, I listen to podcasts about comedians and stuff like that, and the thing that they say is, and I'm, let me know if this is true, is, like... If you just keep doing the same set over and over and over again and you get it perfected and all that, but you don't change anything, you don't venture out, you don't explore, you don't you don't do anything like that, you just stay where you're at. Now people who take risks and do all that stuff yeah. and be nice and be friendly and make friends in the you know, in the comedy world, you're gonna be able to get more gigs and things like that. So right. well, I think the biggest thing for me is that I don't know because I'm so new to it. Like I'm still trying to learn. Right. And what I'm trying to do is surround myself by people that I feel like are going to be positive. Mm-hmm. Right. That are going to get that aren't going to be upset if you know. Like I love when my friends win. Like I was in the semifinals of the comedy attic and I didn't make it through. Right. But Will and James Tanford they made it through, and those are my friends. Now the other people I consider like. I'm just starting to develop friendships with the regulars, the comedy addict. Right. But like, you know, I've never went out to dinner with them or anything like that. We're just, right. we're acquaintances at this point. Yeah. Hopefully kind of working into a friendship because I do like them. But like Will and James, those are my friends, you know, like uh, we go out to eat together. We've been uh, to shows together and stuff. We we will go out of town together to hit shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, Will went and did a show and we went down to the caravan. We've been to Cincinnati to do shows together. So, like, to see him win, was there a little part of me that was just, well, to go win that round? I mean, right. he didn't win the whole thing, but yeah. to see him go in, was there a part of me that was just like, oh, man, I really want to do that? Of course. But then there's another part of me that's just like, dude, if he wins, I win. Right. That's yeah. my dude who is in the next round. Exactly. That's awesome. Right. And, you know, I just, I, I feel like just being positive with people. And if you're not giving me positivity back, dude, I'm not going to be around you. Right. I'll be civil with you. I'm not going to be a jerk to you. I'll right. be nice to you at a mic and everything. But, like, if all you ever have is something negative to say about another comedian or, you know, or I know that as soon as you leave our conversation, you're going to go talk to Cody and you're going to be talking trash about me. Right. Like, I just don't need you around me. Exactly. You know, I, that's, and there are, unfortunately, there's people like that that, right. that are like that. But, again, I don't feel like, and I don't know. I'm new. I don't know. Exactly. I don't feel like those people are going to move forward in it. Right. No. No, they're just kind of... Kind of just going to stay where they're at. Yeah. It's and like if you focus hating, on yeah. you, though, like if you're focused, like, dude, I know the positive stuff that my friends are doing, but if my friends bomb or whatever, like, yeah, we'll cut up jokes about it then because right. we probably all bomb. Yeah. We yeah. probably all bomb we that all, night. We well, I just mean that night in general. We've definitely yeah. all, if you're doing comedy, you're going to bomb. I mean, I look at last night as a bomb, you know, <laughs> I had fun, the crowd laughed and everything, but 
I listened to my set afterwards. I barely got any of my jokes in. Right. I got a couple new jokes just from riffing. Right. But I'm super, like you've seen my set. I'm very laid back on stage. I yeah. talk very slow, mm-hmm. you know, and I let my jokes simmer. And last night I was talking like we're talking now. Yeah. You know, whenever I'm talking to a person, I'm a lot quicker in yeah. the way I say yeah. things. And I ramble a lot. <laughs> and that's what I was doing on stage. So, like, I feel like I bombed. But whenever I was walking out, everybody was just like, dude, great set. And I'm like, that wasn't a set. Like, I wasn't nothing, <laughs> I'm just talking. I'm just talking. But, you know, Y'all weren't like, laughing at my shit, so I had to improv. Yeah. But, like, those people that are like, dude, good job, I, I'm rooting for you. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah. the guys that – there was one comedian that was there that he went up. And, like, if you're at an open mic, it's fair game. If you go up before me, it's – I'm. Right. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to poke fun at you. I'm yeah. sorry. You're allowed to poke fun at me. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And I'm never like super, super rough. But there was one joke that somebody did that was just it. I don't know. It was weird. So I was just like, "How long? How long you been doing that joke?" And uh, I said, "Was that the first time you've done that joke?" And they were like, "No." And I said, uh, "You've been doing it for a while." They're like, "Yeah." I was like, "How's that working for you?" <laughs> and uh, they did not like that. And that comedian did not like me. And wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the night. Yeah. But it was like, I, you know. And I was gonna go up and just be like, "Hey, man," you know. I was just kidding. You know, it, it is what it is. I'm just, I'm just playing around. None of us did good. <laughs> like, right. It's okay. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember one of the last open mics we had before COVID at Bears. Um, you were hosting, and that was one of the first times I came back, and I got off stage, and I sat down. You're like, give it up for Cody, everybody. And you're, just like, and you're like, I'm. You were talking shit about everybody that got off stage, just, just cutting up, having a good time. You're like, I'm not going to talk shit about him because other than him and this other guy, I'm pretty sure they're the only ones that can kick my ass in this whole bar. <laughs> yeah. I think you told me that story. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are yeah. at time, over time. What are we at? Over 148. So. We can keep going. I guess we can. Yeah, we can keep going. We'll All go right. for a little longer. But yeah, basically, Ryan, like, since you're not familiar with it, take real life. Like, the drama at work, the bullshit people at work, the great people at work. Literally take that, shrink it down into a small group of comics. And, like, that, like, the outside world, we got all that drama in the different, like, cultures and different backgrounds and different groups of people in this one, like, world. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I know you, compared to Sam Bob, is, like, two fucking different worlds. First time I met Sam Bob, I was like, who is this guy? And then somebody tells a joke, and it's just, like, the biggest laugh I've ever heard in my fucking life (laughs) that it almost scares you. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. I've seen seen shows stop before and be like, who's laughing? (laughs) And we're all like, Sam Bob, you know. But that's that's the thing. Sam Bob is super supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a lot of times whenever he's laughing like that, it's because no one else is laughing. He wants to make sure you know, hey, I got your back. Yeah, this is funny. And and regardless of what people think about that, I'm like, dude, at least you know Sam Bob's got your back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's he's one of the best guys I've met doing comedy because he is very, very supportive. Right. You know, he's pulled me to the side after a show whenever I've bombed and he's just been like, hey, man. You know, maybe try this or try that. And I never listen, but it's nice that he does it. You know, it's nice that he does that. Right. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he, I, I met Sam the first night, the very first open mic I did, the very first night I did comedy. I, he came down and did that open mic with me. And he's like, we went to the same school. Like, who are you? Like, how? Wh- you said what? that or he did? No, he did. He's oh. like, what? He's like, what the fuck was that? Like, I've never seen you. I was like, 
I was like, it's my first time. Uh, but I was, I was like, it's my first time. I was like, I'm going. You know, just some. Where was this at? Shit face right. It was at the brewery. Oh, okay. The very first night I did a comedy, he, he was there. And he mm. did the show with me. And he he's like, who the fuck are you? I was like, oh, you know, I couldn't even talk. I was but he's drunk. younger than us, isn't he? Yeah, he's younger than us. But, uh, but yeah, no, I've made... A lot of really great friends. Friends that I never would have made if I... Same. 100%. Had. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, there's you know, no way... Yeah. There's no way... It's like some of the people that I, I hang out with now, I'm like, we literally only have comedy. Yeah. Right. We have nothing else in never common. Never would have met you if yeah, we, we didn't Yeah, we have nothing else in common. We just both love comedy so much that we're friends because of that. And I, I do dig that. And what you were saying about the drama is like... It's there, but dude, I don't see it. No, I and don't I, and I and I don't see it because I just I choose not to, yeah. and I know it is there. And I have I'm not saying that I haven't had anyone come up to me and say stuff, but like, I think people get it for the most part with me. Yeah. I'm just like, nah, right. man. I mean, you look at me, and you're you probably are like that guy doesn't want to talk trash, no. No. you know? And because I, I don't, I don't care, but dude, I want to win. Like that's my biggest thing is like I want. Right now, my goal is that I want to just do like three weekends a month, <laughs> you know, almost the whole month. Right. That's all. And w- whether or not I'm getting paid a bunch of money to do it, I don't care right now. Right. But right. I'm trying to make connections. I'm making connections in like Florida and Tennessee and Kentucky and like all these different places to where it's like once things open up, I can go. Fe- I'm not a headliner. I can't headline. Like I've only been doing comedy for a year. Yeah. I'm shocked that I can feature. Right. You know, but I got. Because of Gutty's Comedy Club lets me go there and work and can do like 20, 25 minutes at a time, I've been able to kind of start, and it's not tight yet, but like I can do 20, 25 minutes, and then I record it, and then I cut stuff out, and then I'll do it again, and then I'll cut stuff out, and, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I try to get it tight, so that way I can go and feature somewhere. Right. But, I, dude, I my thing is, is that I don't care... I don't care that I've only been doing it for, you know, a little over a year. I'm hungry. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I want it. I want it. Right. So, I'm mad that I waited so long. Me too. See, I started when I was 24. And and after I got off stage then I was like, where the fuck has this been? Like, yeah. like these, these clubs and these mics have always been there. And I was like, where, why did I just now decide? Because I had been thinking about it for years. Mm-hmm. And I got off stage and I was like, what, like, what is going on right now? I was like, what just happened to me? Just like, it just completely changed my entire life. It really did. It changed the way I, I see my thoughts. Yep. It changed the way I, 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 I present myself. You my turn cadence. everything into a joke. Yeah. You try to find yeah. funny in everything. My cadence. And we, I had always been a class clown. I always, joked around and you know uh had a good time that's just been me but right. it just completely changed the entire way i think about who i am and right. and like you said earlier just chasing that laugh oh is, my gosh yeah. it's it's insane and i've never felt better than when i get off stage doing however it doesn't, it doesn't even matter how long yeah it's, three minutes yeah and it's it's the it's the weirdest experience. Yeah. There's nothing else like it. Oh, it's it's great. Like I I went to Crackers Comedy Club in Indy one time and did three minutes right on their open mic. Mm-hmm. Only allowed to do three minutes. You know, it was my first time there, so like you get three minutes. And I went up and I felt like I had a really good set. So much so to where they didn't like me. They let me go for the full five. So I was able to do my whole five minute open mic set, and I felt really good about it. Walked off the stage and was just like. Feeling good. Everybody's just like, hey, good job. And then uh, 
somebody walked up to me and was like, hey, David, David Letterman was here and he just seen you do that. And I was like, whatever, dude. <laughs> and it turns out David Letterman was there and seen my set. Really? Now, what he didn't say anything to me. He probably barely noticed it. But like, I felt so good that I had right. a solid three to five minute set uh-huh. in front of a comedy legend. Like, Right. One of the most famous comedians ever to right. come out yeah, of yeah, yeah, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You know, and it's just, I, like, I don't know. I know that one way or another this is my future. I just don't know how. Right. And, the, you know, comedy's always been a part of it for me, a part of my life, because my dad was, like, the town comedian. Right. You know, he was like, he would get invited to parties because he was the funny guy. He was dude. the funny guy. He would tell stories. And I just always thought, like, oh, my dad's just, like, a storyteller. So right. Everybody loves him because of that. One night, whenever I was little, I got up to go to the bathroom. It was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. Go to the bathroom, and I hear my dad talking to himself and laughing in the kitchen. So I kind of, like, peeked my head in there, and he's sitting at the table, and he's writing some notes. Huh. And he's laughing, and then he's, like, telling the story out loud, pausing where the laughs are and stuff, writing it out. And he's making up a story. Right. Right. And then that weekend, we go to a party, and he tells that story as if it really happened, <laughs> and people are dying laughing. And I was like, "Dude, comedy is a thing. Yeah. Right. My dad's a comedian. Right? Like that's what. And if he would have pursued it, he a hundred percent could have been a right. comedian. Um, but you know, he he didn't. <laughs> so sucks to be him. Yeah. Mama still all his jokes. Uh, <laughs> that's like the the one time. What made my my entire career? I had only been doing it for six months. And if if we did two hours, just make a sign or something. Okay. Okay. But we um, have five minutes left. All right. Well, we can go past it if, if we have to. But uh, yeah, my what made my entire career, I, I, my six month career, and it's still I still think back to this day. First time I ever went to Morty's when it was still open. R.I.P. Morty's. Uh, I miss that fucking place. I really do. I still can't even bring myself to call it a career. Okay. I'm like I don't yeah. I don't think I can do that. I've not been doing yeah. that long. My entire comedy, <laughs> so calling it a hobby. My entire comedy, not a hobby, but my entire comedy, whatever I was doing. Um, my first time I went to Morty's and I it was a bit, it was the most people that had ever been uh, in a room when I was at an open mic. The it was completely packed. I didn't bring anybody, but everybody else did, and it was a full list. Mm-hmm. I go up on stage. I'm in the middle of the list. Go up on stage, do five minutes, and everybody just goes crazy. Just erupts. All these strangers had no idea. And personally, I'd rather make nobody I know, nobody I know laugh. For sure. Every time. Yeah. Uh, and the place just explodes. Well, before the show, Miss Pat showed up because she was in town doing like Bob and Times, Bob and Times, the radio show. She was getting ready for her special. She sat behind us. Uh, behind the open micers, and she's just against the wall, writing down her notes. So I get off stage after having a really good set, big smile on my face. I walk back through the crowd. People are high-fiving me, and I go to sit down, and I'm from me to Ryan away from her, and my table's here. I'm getting ready to walk around the table, and she goes, hey. And I walk over. I was like, hey, how's it going? And and, uh, she goes, good set. And I was like, hey, thanks. And I was like, don't just turn around. Just leave it. Turn around. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't say anything. Thank you. Yeah. Turn around. Sit down. And that that that's been my like crowning moment. Yeah. That she said that to me, and she looked right back down at her paper, and that was it. But still, it, it meant oh, that that compliment from who Miss Pat is, who right. she is, 
yeah. meant a lot. Yeah. It really did. Well, that's the cool thing is like we're still so new to it. Like, right. We're still figuring out. We're, the ba- we're still babies, essentially. We're still open micers. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, yeah, I get to do shows every now and then, but I, I'm still an open micer. Right. I, you know, it's just, it's cool that I'm able to branch out sometimes and like somebody wants me to go close out an open mic, but like I'm not, I'm still an open micer. Right. And to have somebody like that look at us and say something like that is huge. Even whenever it's just like, there's a couple of comedians in, in Indy that have been doing it for like, you know, five, six years. Um, like Tyson Cox is a great example. Right. Tyson, I think he's been doing comedy for like seven, seven to nine years, somewhere around there. And, um, you know, he, he seen my set one time and pulled me to the side afterwards and was just like, you know, and I, and I, again, I'd only been doing comedy for maybe like seven or eight months or something like that. And he was like, he pulled me to the side and was just like, Hey dude, that was solid. And then started like giving me tips and was talking to me about like, you know, what, well, what are you worried about in comedy? And was just like straight up, just like, let's talk shop. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. It was the first person that I felt like, Oh, he's a comedian. And now he's talking to me about it. Like I'm also a comedian. Right. And uh, it was, it was really cool. And then like even talking to him in that conversation, he was just like, well, how long have you been doing comedy? And I was like, you know, I told him, and he goes, that's crazy, man. You know, you're, you just, you're, uh, above a lot of people that are, are at the same level, you know, right. experience. I was like, well, I was a preacher for like five years. And he's like, oh, that's it right there. I was like, yeah, so technically, like, I've been doing it for like five years. He goes, well, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, but yeah. that was a good thing to say to me because I also needed that. I right. also need him to say, oh, you have public speaking, but you're still a new comedian. Like, it was right. a way of saying, dude, still, don't get a don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Right. And I have to remind myself that sometimes because I do, you know, like I got a, a page on Facebook with a, a bunch of people who, you know, come to the shows. I have like just a handful of people that will come to every show I do. And I only know them from doing comedy. So it's like weird that I have fans. You right. Know what I mean? Right. Right. And then, but then I have to remind myself, yeah, but you're still an open micer, so shut up. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, they're just, they Keep think, yourself grounded. It's just like you just passed it's, a year. It's, it's like, you're one of the people. I'm nobody. Yeah. I'm no one. Yeah. I'm literally, I, I know I'm lucky. Yeah. I'm super, super lucky that I had a funny dad who taught me at a young age how to do this. And then he was my hero, even though he was a piece of garbage. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I was like, well, of course, I want to be like my dad. He's the funniest dude in the party. Right. I'm going to be the funniest dude at the party. And then, you know, I was. But there's a difference between being that guy and then being the guy on the stage. Yeah. And my goal is is to not let there be a difference. I want to go on stage and you feel like whenever I get off stage. So you're just fun, the funniest guy. We just hung out. Right. We just hung out. I want you guys to feel like, oh, my God, like I, we just had a good hang. Right. You know, that's my goal every right. time I, get, I go up on stage. It's like, let's just, I want to, again, I want to connect that Have room. A good time, How right? can I connect this room yeah. with my thoughts, with my words, with what I'm saying? That's why I don't do anything political. I actually do clean comedy, not on purpose. Right. It just comes out that way because I, you know, it, it's, I don't know who's in the audience and I want to yeah. be respectful. And I know some people are like, well, forget that. They came to see me. I'm going to be myself. Well, I am being myself. This right. is how I am. I'm yeah. respectful. Like, if you're at a show with your grandpa, I want you to laugh and your grandpa to laugh. Right. You know, that's that's yeah. my biggest goal is I just, I want that to happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been a, a tremendous. Definitely the most interesting person we've had on the on the podcast Don't so far. say that. Don't say that. I feel like he this is. is. This has been. <laughs> well, yeah, but you didn't know me. That's right. very true. Yeah, you, 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 so you that's the difference. So it was this has been the longest podcast we've had. And this, this has been a tremendous 
awesome podcast. It's, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me. I ramble. I mean, that's the thing. Hey, I see, also do a thing. podcast. So right. like, I right. to. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Uh, my girlfriend, she's like, she's like, I-, I love you, but you do talk my ear off sometimes. I was like, I'm great on a podcast. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So, I mean, do you have anything to promote at all? Uh, well, my podcast uh, is Laugh and Be Blessed. Yeah, I do it uh, every Wednesday. We put out a new episode. I do Wednesdays and Sundays. So every Wednesday, it's me and my wife, and we just kind of sit down. And usually, we have like a topic of the show, uh, but for the most part, it's just us making fun of each other and just cutting up. And right. It's literally it's called laugh and be blessed because we feel like it, you know we're all blessed through laughter. Right. It's not a religious thing. It's not a spiritual mm-hmm. thing. But then on Sundays, I do like a quick 15, 20 minute, just like inspirational thing about something that I've been reading or something that came to me while meditating. Very hippie, you know, <laughs> uh, but it, you know, so we do that. Um, so laugh me bless podcast. You can get that anywhere. Uh, if you just go to jakerubel.com, all the information is there. Uh, I'm at Gutty's comedy club in Greenwood, usually one to two weekends a month. Um, they have me up there either featuring or hosting. Um, I think that's pretty much it. If you're going to be, I don't know when you guys are releasing this podcast. We'll you guys be releasing it on Monday. On Monday. So this Wednesday then, if you're releasing on Monday, this Wednesday, I will be in Fort Wayne at the Mambo Room uh, doing a show there. And then uh, I'll be in Evansville on the 17th at Carson's Brewery. Um, so, yeah. But awesome. again... It, you can find all that information on my Facebook right. or whatever. So. And we'll put everything down in the description so everybody can go and look at it. But uh, that is the episode, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you listening, downloading. It was great to have Jake on. First time I met him, and I automatically like him. Yeah. <laughs> so. I like you more than I like Cody. Oh, really? That's fine. <laughs> you're not the first person to say that. It's like you're the same person. Like, I right. can't, how can I feel like that? Well, <laughs> so, people are still at work still call me Cody. Yeah. yeah. So you, you would have to experience us in a different light to I will say that after sitting here with you guys for sixteen hours like we just did, yeah. Uh, you'll cut it down to two hours, but it's been a sixteen right, hour right. conversation. Right. Uh I can tell the difference between you guys. Right. It didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. But that is the episode, everybody. Thank you so much. Again, we couldn't do this show without you. We appreciate the support. Again, go check out Jake's stuff. We'll link everything down in the description. Uh wash your hands, wash your ass, stay safe out there. Um Let's end the show. Go out and get some of that golden drock uh, from, I can't pronounce it, brewing. Uh, it's a wonderful beer. It's very strong. I could only have one because I am a weakling. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, like we said, this will be released on Monday. Have a safe and wonderful weekend, everybody. Drink one for us. And as always, much love. And remember, when life gets hard and life gets you down, you milk that pig, everybody. Peace. We out.